I need that sports, sports encyclopedia. We were at Steve Kim. Got Trent in the cut. What up, what up, what up, man? The real coach JB. My main man, Big Smitty. Ah! Are y'all ready for this? Run like something to prove it. Came to a conclusion that it's man, I'm ready to Smitty and JB. JB and Smitty from West Coast to your side. Worldwide, we in your city. Keep it one bitty. We never change what's happening. Hurdle and In any metric, coach, you cannot have Russell Wilson in your Nick gave me my first offer. Like, it, it, you gotta have that story. You gotta be marketable. Hockey, football, baseball, then basketball. Oh, I love this fucking show so much, man. Are you mixing light and dark at 11 a.m.? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm elated that I can be able to coach, that I can be able to mentor these kids uh, and give them everything that I've learned over the last 20 years. It's Smitty and Jason Brown, kill the ass around. We want the games to miss and we switched it and filled the gap. Smitty and Jason Brown, we kill the ass around. We want the games we miss and we switched it and filled the gap. You are now tuning out to the Coach JB. What up, what up, what up? The Co Real Coach JB here, man, for the Coach JB Show with Big Smitty. We are proud to announce we have a new ad sponsor, and that is Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports DFS platform in North America. We are one of the easiest and most exciting ways to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more. Then or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Price Picks is a skill-based, real money, daily fantasy sports game. How does it work, you ask? You pick two to six players, and if they will go more or less than their Price Picks projection, you will win. Players can choose from a vast selection of sports and stat types not offered anywhere else. Price Picks offers projections on any sport that you watch. This includes college football. We're about to start up. Pro hockey, pro basketball, pro football. NFL season is here. Plus pro baseball, pro golf, men's college basketball, NCAA tournament, plus women's college basketball, soccer, women's pro basketball, esports, pro car racing, tennis, MMA, boxing, disc golf, you name it, we got it. Short, fat, skinny, and tall. Price Picks does it all. And I just got to be honest, dog. I started doing prize picks, and I won instantly. And that's why I am endorsing prize picks to the fullest right here on the Coach JB Show with Big Smitty. Go to prizepicks.com backslash Coach JB and use Coach JB as the promo code for a first deposit match up to $100. So go to prizepicks.com slash Coach JB and use code Coach JB for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is the best betting app online in North America. Go get it and do what Coach JB and Big Smitty does every day. We bet prize picks. Head on over there, prizepicks.com slash Coach JB and get you $100 match right now. Appreciate you. Peace.
What up, what up, what up? It's a great day to have a great day. We are live in the building, 6 a.m. Pacific, every single day for the Coach JB Show with Big Smitty. Wouldn't be a Big Smitty without Big Smitty. Yeah, wouldn't be Big Smitty without Big Smitty, y'all. It's Wednesday, it's hump day, middle of the week. JB, nervous. I see the shirt, JB. Is that brand new? Talk to me. Nah, you know, I got a little few shirts. But it is a great day to have a great day. You might as well have a great day of every day, right? Make one. You're already up. You're already here. You mean everybody go through shit every single day. You don't use that as an excuse to not have a good day. Fight through it. Let's make it happen, baby. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, this show is brought to you by Bet Online as well. BetOnline.ag. Use the promo code, code uh, Believe B L E A V. We got a lot going on today, and we got to get you started right off the jump because we got a. Uh, we got a very interesting guest joining us right out the gate. There was a dude on Instagram who was taking some shots at me. And uh, I invited him on the show. I said, hey, dog, you want to talk? Come on the show. Break it down. Show me why I'm such a bad hillbilly or whatever he called me. So we invited him on. And he says he's going to come on. So I gave him the link. We'll see. He's supposed to come on at about 630 Pacific. And we're going to find out. So the first part of the show may get very interesting. But listen, I'm going to keep it real, and I'm just going to find out what, what's the deal, dog. Maybe he knows me or something. I don't know. I don't know the situation. But uh, we're going to bring him on and uh, see what the deal is. And then at 7, Matt comes on. And then at 7.30, we have a lawyer, legal analyst, lawyer, uh, who is up to date on the Mel Tucker situation and what he's about to do legally with Michigan State what he can do, what he can't do. And it's going to be very interesting. She's going to give you a spin that you may not have heard. He may come out of this with more money than his contract. So it's going to be interesting to have her on. So we're going to break that down. Um, and then uh, we'll see what's going on with that and uh, move on from there. Uh, hey, I got to ask you real quick, though. You've been going viral online the last, like, 24 hours. So before we do quote of the day, can you kind of update the chat on what's going on? Like, I go to your Twitter. I'm seeing 4.5 million views on the video, people in your comments. I go to your Instagram, hundreds of comments there. I'm like, what is going on, JB? I'm at work. I'm trying to check my phone to make sure you are all right. People coming at you at your neck. I'm like, what is going on, JB? So tell the chat, like, what is this video? So, so Ice Cube's son, O'Shea Jackson, got involved. I guess he thinks. I'm also racist. <laughs> I don't know what's happening, dog. When it goes viral, it goes viral. I guess everybody gets involved. Um, but O'Shea Jackson came on there and was like, well, let us know what it is. Whoop -de -whoop. Looks like you want clicks and likes. So I kind of went back at him. I said, homie, I'm going to just give you do a favor. Do you a favor. Go check the background of who you're talking to first. I don't want to blast you out over here. I don't care about all that. I'm really from Compton. You played in a movie. <laughs> Let's be clear. There's a motherfucking difference. So I had to let, let the record be straight. He deleted the shit. Uh, I actually talked to a few other people that, you know, uh, higher up. And uh, that was it. Never heard back from him. But it's crazy how cats, I think he probably tweeted it out, didn't realize who I was. Because nowadays, yeah. everybody got a blue check. Right, exactly. Everybody got blue check, dog. That's Can't the sweet part about Elon Musk and this whole Twitter X bullshit. Everybody got a everybody got a, a check mark like they're verified. Cat got six followers, he's verified. So now 
it's stirring up more dust, in my opinion. Back in the day, when I was I was always verified, shit, people knew. Okay, if he's verified, at least I would I would be like, oh, who's this cat? He's verified, right? But yeah, now, just anyone responds because it could just be anybody verified. So it's so dumb. But Cube Sun got involved. I mean, hey, dog, look. The bottom line is, people that responded think instantly call a white boy that hit travis hunter and then i show a video of florida oklahoma game when dude blasted him and he said it on a documentary i had no intent on going after the football i was trying to intimidate and hurt this dude all i said was what is the difference why does why did we not want this guy kicked out of the ncaa but we want this guy kicked out it's only because Dion and Prime have all the celebrity status. Nobody's talking about Brett or nobody's talking about Nick Chubb blowing his knee out the other night. I don't see all those tweets. Where's all those tweets at? Why is it Nick Chubb being preyed upon today like the kid Travis Hunter? And Travis Hunter, by the way, came out and said, this is football. So then Prime's come out, Smitty, and said, you know, this is the death threats for this kid. And Colorado State's ridiculous. It's a football play. The kid played a great game, blah, blah, blah. That's what he had to say. I mean, that's what Dion was going to say. He wasn't going to come out and right. mess about him. So, I, listen, man, all I said was, you guys don't get what I'm posting, and it's okay. Because I'm not about to respond to 4 million people because that's how many people the video saw. But yeah. everyone's like, well, tell us why we don't get it. Well, if you don't get it, you don't get it. I'm not going <laughs> to explain to every single one of you why you don't get it. And right. I put it on Instagram as well. So, you know, that shit went, got a lot of views on Instagram. And I'm like, dog, the bottom line is football is meant to be violent. It's an intimidation factor to this. And Florida did it 10 years ago in a bowl game against Oklahoma, who had the number one offense in football. And guess what? They scored 14 points in that bowl game. And they, were get, they scored 65 times in that season. So yeah. my point is intimidation matters. That is all it was. And people got to continue to talk about prime and the buy-in that Colorado players are, are showing. And all my point was they sure buy into Coach Norville at Colorado State too because they wouldn't have hit the kid. They wouldn't have been playing that way. But I, we have a video for you from an ex-legendary linebacker who said exactly what Matt and I said the other day. We didn't want to see the kid for Colorado State kicked out the game. Not in the era that I played in. We wanted his ass to play, Smitty. Yeah. We wanted him to play because we, we were going to go back. after his ass. <laughs> exactly. But why didn't one Colorado player go after his ass? So Shador Sanders, the quarterback, went to him right after the play. But why didn't no other player for Colorado go after that cat? If you're all so hard and want to so – now on social media, we want to talk so damn much about what happened. Why none of y'all went after him in the game? See, that's that pussy shit I be talking about, man. That's just what I'm. That's a, I want to. I want to show this video, Smitty, because this is exactly the start. Before we even get to the quote, this yep. is what I'm talking about. A lot of people talking about that hit on Travis Hunter, asking if it was a dirty play. I mean, within the new rules of of football today. Yeah, it's dirty, and probably the kids should be ejected within the new rules. But I felt like it was an intimidating statement. And honestly, when you have a team that is fast, has a lot of talent, athletes, that's what you got to do. You got to put your mark. 
in the game. And as you saw throughout the game, as many penalties that Colorado State got, that was part of their game plan. But my issue is I watched the rest of the game just for somebody to take his ass out and it didn't happen. That would have never happened. That, matter of fact, not would have, it didn't happen throughout my years at University of Miami. Because if somebody would have did that to one of us, they would have not finished the game. Now I say this all the time, within or without the rules. We playing Virginia Tech and they high load, did some dirty shit, took one of our deep tackles out. The next play, I ain't gonna say his name because he might have charities and foundations and shit. He waited four seconds after the play until all the old linemen got up and he dove and rolled and took all their knees out like he was bowling. <laughs> Bro, you, man, I, I'm just upset that he finished the game. I'm not going to lie. Mm. Big Smitty, that's what all I'm saying. That's all no, I'm saying. I, 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 feel, I feel him overall. Like, same, I said the same thing. If it happened to my, one of my teammates, we saw the play. It was dirty. It was clear. It wasn't within the we, – we're getting them back one way or another. It's going to happen. Don't get me wrong. But the area where I – I'm not saying everybody – where Darnell draws the line a little bit, I, I never I never was specifically trying to injure anybody. Am I trying to hurt you physically? Hell, yeah. Every time I hit you, I'm trying to hurt you, of course. And if you get injured by, by just be, be playing physical, hey, it is what it is. But I never was like, I'm about to dive at this dude's knees and take him off the game. Well, let me let me ask you, That's do you think the hit on Travis Hunter was to hurt him or intimidate him? I, I, I think so I think it's the difference between hurt and injured, first of all. So like I, I don't think the guy was like, I'm about to go over here and try to lacerate his liver. Of course not. Like, no, no, like, no, no. I said hurt or intimidate. I think I both. Say injured. Yeah. I think both. I think both. You know what I'm saying? Again, I think he was trying to intimidate him. I don't think we ever hit somebody in football and come up and in the back of our mind thinking we're going to blow out his liver. There's no way. I just don't think it's well, too yeah, of course not. Of course not. But but again, like you said, football is a is a hurt. We play in a hurt business. So again, there's a difference between hurt and injured. Every time you hit somebody, you trying to leave some pain on this motherfucker. And again, if you hit somebody late when they're pulling up, I mean Common sense is going to tell you, like, like he knew he was doing. That's all I'm saying. Like, he's not a dumbass. He's a 20-year-old that's man. Why like, think, that's why I think it's intimidation yeah. factor. Like, yeah, it, No, for sure. It's just like me. Like, again, in high school, I, I remember it was a couple times. I told you before, I was coached that if a quarterback throws an interception, go find the quarterback. So, again, if I'm playing against JB, our teams are playing against each other, JB throws a pick. Now, my, my DB or whoever caught the pick, is running the opposite direction to try to score a touchdown to get a pick six. As a D lineman, the first person I'm looking for to go take out is their quarterback. Why? Twofold. One, well, they're probably the last line of, of defense to tackle the guy who picked the ball off, of course. But number two, and more importantly, we know how important that quarterback is. So I'm going to lay his ass out. I'm not necessarily trying to injure him, per se, but if I hit him hard, blind style, block, whatever, if he's concussed the rest of the game, or if he just his fucking arm is just uh, uh, turf burn, whatever, he's not gonna be as effective as he would be fully healthy. That's part of the game, you know. Yeah, what I'm saying? Got, here's my biggest problem with this whole thing, Big Smitty, that no one's talking about, and I don't know why the mainstream media. I don't know why no one's talking about. It. Number one, I'm from the, the I'm from the hood. Start none, won't be none. 
Number one, number one, that's where we from. Unless we go start it, we expect to have somebody come back at us. Number one, right. Hunter started it. They were yapping. He was yapping. It is what it is. It's a pregame argument, and it's a contra- and it's a it's a it's a crosstown rival. That is that's what we football. wanted to see. Yeah, we wanted to see that. That's football. Florida, Florida State, Miami, USC, UCLA it used to be that way. It used to be that way. So number one, let me say that. Number two, Prime says what all the time? It's, it's personal. personal. It's personal. So let me let me just drop the mic on this. If you say it's personal and it's on your shirts and you got celebrities wearing it, it's all over every single TV show. Then God damn it, you better be ready to be personal. Because you think everyone's supposed to just lay down? Hell no. Nah. If it's personal, then guess what? It's personal. Right. So did you not expect the game to be personal? Like, I'm, I'm trying to be like, hold on. If you take it personal, then we're taking it personal. <laughs> right. Like, I don't, I don't understand why that hasn't been brought up yet at all. Like, nah, homie, ain't no bitch in my blood. We're not about to lay down just because you think it's personal. That's right. the issue I have. It's so one-sided because everyone's a fanboy right now of the whole celebrity, Dion, and all that. Listen, I've been on Dion's side this whole time. I'm trying, we're trying to get him on the show. I've reached out, talked to him a couple times. I got buddies on his staff. I got players there. They're trying to make it work. Try to see if we can get him on. He knows how I feel about him. We talk. So it's not like it's a it's some some low-lying hating out here. I don't have any hate. I told you he will turn it around. Matt and I told you that you can flip this thing and you can build Rome in a day in the new NIL and uh, transfer, transfer portal. Yeah. We said it. I had no doubt about it. Now, are they going to win the Natty? No. But this is why this is not being talked about, though. If it's personal, then let's be even about it. Yeah. Let's talk about both sides. Like, it's personal, dog. Like, if you tell me, JB, it's, I got a personal beef with you, then I, what am I supposed to do? All right. Yeah. Here, let me bend over for you. <laughs> Right, right. Like, I don't get it. Um, Evan Hopkins said, I have zero clue why I watch him, this clown. Why are you watching me then? We appreciate your support, though, Evan. Thank you so much. Uh, leave, leave some money in the chat before you go. If you have any questions, uh, hit the super chat up, and we're going to go from there. But uh, we can talk about this all day long, JB, man. Let's get to the quote of the day, uh, and I want to hear what you got because you always bring that heat to start the show. Quote of the day brought to you by betonline.ag. Use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V. Um, you see, that's like, where's my theme music? That's my uh, that's my damn thing. Quote of the day right here. Bam! Quote of the day. Uh, let's see. Let's get it cracking. Um, a comfort zone is a beautiful place, Big Smitty, but nothing ever grows there. Mm. Uh, Say it one more time. Say it one more time. Say it one more time. A comfort zone is a beautiful place, but nothing ever grows there. Mm, 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 mm. Uh, I'd be comfortable being uncomfortable, dog. We're not comfortable being uncomfortable no more. We can't even have a football game where motherfuckers get hit besides without taking it to the mainstream media and crying over spilled milk. We want this kid killed. We want a death threat to kid. Like, give me a break, homie. How many times have we seen that hit? 
I saw Jaden Daniels get scoop slammed and the cat got ejected the other day in the Mississippi State game. Nobody's talking about death threats for him. That was a perfectly great form tackle. Like, what? Isn't it football? Aren't we wearing gear, pads? Didn't we sign up for this shit? Like, I'm trying to figure, did, are we being put out there, like, on the guillotine or something that I don't know about? Or are these cats voluntarily going out to play the game they say they love? That's all I'm tripping off of. Like, isn't that what we are doing here? Like, yeah. why are we acting like this is a like a bunch of mercenaries coming in to steal and rob and 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 put you and tie you up? And it's a one sided band here. This ain't one sided. Both of us signed up for this. Like, I'm tripping on on the on the on the common folk, the naysayer that never played the game, Big Smitty. Never mm. put the gear on. Don't understand what the intimacy of the locker room really entails. That is the guy you see on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok talking because they don't know. They don't know what they don't know. And that is who you're seeing right now. Talk that talk. They never played, never put on gear. Don't know what a brotherhood is. Don't know what it means to have my brother's back. They don't know what that means, dog. These cats will snitch on your ass in a New York minute out here in these streets. Mm. Everybody on Twitter and Instagram, they'll snitch on your ass. That's all they are, a bunch of 6 9 to shockies or whatever his name is. Come on, man. You're a bunch of snitches. You don't know what it's like to have your brother's back. Like, you miss me with that shit. Contrary to belief, Fix Smitty. I'm doing a rant. Then I'm doing a thing. Then I'm going to do a rant. Uh, contrary to belief, brought to you by Prize Picks. Uh, make sure you head on over to Prize Picks and use the promo code CoachJB. Uh Contrary to belief, Big Smitty, when something is important enough, you do it, mm. even if the odds are not in your favor. Contrary right. to belief. Contrary right. to belief. Contrary to belief, failure is the opportunity to begin again. <laughs> Contrary to your belief, uh, failure is the opportunity to begin again. Um so boy, JB, if you fall, you can get back up, baby. Every single time, man. Every time yeah. I, I failed, I learned something. I learned what not to do. So I'm gonna try it yeah. again, do it a different uh, way. Whole question, whole question, Big Smitty. Who should replace Mel Tucker? Um, that's the poll question for today. Who should replace Mel Tucker? And if you noticed on the ticker below, uh, college football news, Dartmouth mm. head coach Buddy Tevens, uh, one of the great men in football passed away last night uh he had a bike crash about a month ago he's been in the hospital buddy tevens gave a lot of head coaches their start in in this particular era a lot of guys coach for him at different places stanford he's been everywhere but he's at dartmouth had a motorcycle accident before the season uh on a bike or on a bike i'm sorry and uh he he fatally uh passed last night so shout out to buddy tevens um Top 10 is out. You know, we already talked about Colorado dropped a spot to number 19. Uh, big slate this week, Big Smitty. Uh, in college football, can't wait to talk about that. It's on the ticker. You guys see the big game schedules that are on. Steve Kim's coming out to the house. We're going to barbecue it up. We're going to get after it today. Yes, can't sir. wait for the lineup. This guy emailed me that I invited on the show who was talking shit. Uh, what do you say? Now he's like, give me another day. And ah. get out of here. You don't get no other day. Oh, soft ass. Man, man I'm soft ass. You get one man. shot, one opportunity to come on this show. You say no, 
Next. You know what I mean? It is what it is, man. I, I, You know, that's why I planned. When I was putting together the rundown last night, I was like, let me go ahead and put a, a topic here just in case this dude don't want to show up. So many people say they're going to do something and they don't do it. That's my biggest pet peeve in life. You know what I'm saying? I always tell our, our behind-the-scenes production staff, hey, man, if you can't do something, just let us know. Over-communicate. If something comes up, just say, hey, bro, AJB, whatever, this happened. Cool, we'll figure it out. We'll move on. But the worst thing in the world that a man can do is tell me you're going to do this and you don't do what you said you was going to do. That's one of my biggest pet peeves in the world, JB. So it is what it is. He missed his opportunity. He's not coming on. I'm calling it right now. So he can watch the show, though, if he wants to tune in this morning or tomorrow morning. It's all love, man. It's all love, man. But, hey, man, make sure you're hitting that like button. Become a member um, because we got we got a, some good shows lined up for you. And, and you guys saw the thumbnail today. Andy Reid and Eric B. Enemy. Um, and, I, and I'm going to just get the conversation started. Obviously, the Chiefs offensively have been a little shaky these first couple weeks. We're on the opposite end. The, we look at the commanders. Eric B. Enemy has those guys rolling offensively. And I got to say, man, shout out to Eric B. Enemy. Obviously, I don't know the guy personally. I know JB does. Grew up with him. But I think a lot of us had questions about can he actually call plays? Can he actually run an offense? We know with the Kansas City Chiefs, Andy Reid got pretty much all the credit for the play calling abilities and the way that offense was flowing and, and rolling. And we get it's only been two weeks, but we got to talk about what's going on right now. And right now, that commander's offense, like they look good. They're flowing well. They're making plays. They're scoring more points than the Kansas City Chiefs are scoring right now with way less talent, I would say, um, especially at the quarterback position, obviously, with Sam Howell compared to a Patrick Mahomes. So, again, it's been two weeks. I don't want to overreact. But regardless, though, man, I think he's proven that, hey, I belong in this league. I know how to call a play. I could have been calling plays with the Chiefs. I just – that's what Andy Reid does there. And um, now you, you kind of look back. It's like, damn, is Andy Reid kind of missing Eric B. Enemy? Because I, my question was always this, JB. People always said that Andy Reid was the perennial play caller. And he called, you know, he called all the plays for all those years. They were winning Super Bowls or, or whatnot. But why would he have Eric B. Enemy on the staff? Like, just to be there? Like, even if he's not calling plays, he's at least throughout the week. Uh, uh, helping Andy Reid put together a lineup of plays, you know, that, that he thinks could work. He, he's doing something. You're not going to have him there on staff as the offensive coordinator, and he's not doing a damn thing. Like, that doesn't make sense to me. I'm sorry. And I Listen, maybe I'm just ignorant because I didn't play at the next level, but having a coach as an offensive coordinator, defense coordinator, whatever, and they're not doing anything from, from a play-calling standpoint just does not make sense to me. So, I always thought, man, this guy, I mean, he's been in the league for a while. Andy Reid's a legendary coach. He wouldn't have uh, this this cast as his OC just for shits and giggles. And now I think we're seeing, hey, this guy, this guy's learned from Andy Reid. He's learned from his playing days as a former running back. He actually knows the game. And, yeah, people may not like the way he coaches, the hard nose, and, and maybe how he talks to people, which, hey, that, that's all subjective to who you are. But at the end of the day, what's the product that you're putting out there on the field? And through two weeks, offensively, the commanders are looking good, JB. Uh, I'll break it down. I had to email this dude back. I said, you got one shot, homie. You talk that talk but can't show your face. You soft. Talk that shit. You act like this. You know. You act like you know me. You better go check yourself. I help more black kids than you can ever imagine helping out. You better recognize. 
Mm. And I said, you're soft. Holler at me anytime. You got the invite. So anyway, I just wanted to drop that to this sorry motherfucker that wanted to talk shit. By the way, he called me a hillbilly and all this old shit on Twitter, on Instagram. But now he bitches out. Um, hey, that boy JB just, hey, hey, just kind of just came at him on some gang shit. He said, he said, what set you claim, homie? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Basically. And I signed, I signed, I signed hillbilly as my name. <laughs> um, all right, so. So let me let me let me let me let me break this down. First of all, the reason this thumbnail looks like it does because it's comical, right? I know I know EB well. Here's the issue: he did not call any plays, um, and I'm gonna drop this whole gem on everybody today on why we put this out there. They're yeah. averaging 28 points a game in Washington right now. Kansas City's averaging 18. Um, we can we can talk about the teams they play. We can talk about no Kelsey. We could talk about younger quarterback and Sam Howe. I mean, there's both sides of this, right? Right. Um, Eric has been around the offense and Andy Reid for a long time. Andy Reid and, 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 and him are very, very tight. What head coaches do, especially Bruce Arians, if you haven't noticed, what he's done for a lot of black coaches, Andy Reid, what he's done for a lot of black coaches. In the NFL, it is a very, very uh, good old boy, tight-knit network. When you label somebody a coordinator, GMs and owners take notice, and now you're on a hiring committee. You are on a hiring list. I can hire mm -hmm. Eric Enemy now. He is a coordinator. He's not just a running back coach. That doesn't mean he calls the plays. Andy Reid, you clearly know he calls the plays. He sets the plays. Eric Enemy does scouting report, cards, scheme, first down, second and short. Third and long. These are the plays I like, Coach Reed. Coach Reed then puts them on a script, and then they go through it during the week, and then Andy Reed's calling that game plan or calling those plays on second and short, on first and second down, red zone, fringe, low red zone, whatever it may be. Eric Vietnamese has a lot of input. He does a lot of work. Andy Reid lets him use that for a lot. He's telling Andy Reid in the headsets, if you ever watch a Chief game, what I like here, why we put second and short play on the script, what do you like here. A lot of trick plays EB did and, and created and helped Andy create. A lot of college scheme that, that EB would go clinic up on, bring it back to Andy. I like what they're doing over here. I like what they're doing over here. So EB had a lot of influence. Don't get it twisted. But Andy calls the plays. Right. Now, I'm going to drop a mic here. Just like Jordan Love behind Aaron Rodgers, osmosis is a thing. You can learn. And you can learn how to do shit. And you don't think that he took away a lot of things and don't understand, okay, I know. It's not like EB can't call an offense. He's done it a long time. He can call offense. He just he just let Andy Reid. I mean, Andy Reid ran it as the head coach. But he learned a lot of shit under Andy Reid. So now being the actual play caller and coordinator in Washington, there's no surprise that he was going to do well. Mm. I'm not surprised. Are you? Like, anyone surprised what he just went through? Winning two Super Bowls, being there around Mahomes, he knows what it takes now. So he's going to be fine. Here's the kicker, Smitty. It ain't about the enemy, and it ain't about Andy Reid. It seems to me that Andy Reid's predecessor is going to be Nagy 
And it seems to me, now watching the scripts on the sideline, and if you watch Andy Reid with the script like this, and now you see Nagy like this, usually when you saw the enemy, you see the enemy like this. Mm, yeah. And if the head coach isn't a play caller, guess what? He don't have both headphones on. He's got one on, one ear is open so he can hear other guys. No, Andy has both on because he's calling the offense. So a little tidbit there. Number two. Andy now is like this, and Nagy's like this. Mm. I believe Nagy's actually calling it or calling most of the game because I believe that Andy Reid's getting to the point where I got to start passing it on and where Biennemi did not call 100%. I believe Nagy is closer to calling 100%, and I believe that is number one reason for the little bit of digression or downfall. That Nagy is not Andy Reid, and some people are head coaches, some people are coordinators, some people are enforcers um Nagy's calling a lot more offense than EB ever did in in Kansas City and I believe that is number one reason why the discrepancy you see a little discretion in in point scoring that's the number one take I have that's actually a good point JB let me ask you this thing so like with that being said you is this a sign that Andy Reid is probably on his way out and obviously we know he's getting older, but I'm saying what what reason would you pass over the responsibilities of play calling when, when this is what you do, when you were so great at it? Older, older, burnt out, tired. I'm going to be the CEO now. I want right. to be the coach. I just want to manage the, the program, the organization, the structure, help out the GM with players, get players in here, get the Chris Jones back on the roster, do the things head coaches do because I'm older now. That makes a lot of sense. But the problem is, like like you're saying, is if this guy who I point as as my OC is just not calling the game the way that I know I could call it, it's like maybe he'll take over. He may take over. Am I willing to lose games because of it? Or is it, you know, he may take over. He may take back over. But it's also another reason a lot of people don't realize Nagy is like Andy Reid's son. So Hmm. Andy could be telling him, I gave you your shot, dog. You, you shit on the bed. I can't. We can't hire you as the replacement of me when I leave because you look bad as a coordinator. Coordinators get jobs when their offenses do real well, yeah. or when the quarterback they have is a guy like Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Hackett got the Broncos' head job number one because who his daddy was. Number two is because he coached Aaron Rodgers. It yeah. didn't. Look at what he's doing now in New York without Aaron Rodgers. Look what happened with Sean Payton and Russell Wilson in the last two weeks. Russell's not anywhere near what he was, but he's a lot better than he was last year. So you can start questioning how these guys get jobs. You think Josh McDaniels didn't get the Denver job because if he coached Tom Brady? That's the number one reason why. And and he, and he coached with under Bill Belichick because Belichick gave him the coordinator role. Now, he is a coordinator. He did call the plays. In New England, it's not like Belichick's calling offense, right? Right. But even though he has an inside, you know, he has a lot of say in it. But there's a lot to this coaching business as far as what you don't know. You just see and you hear a coordinator and the common fan that never played just thinks, oh, EB called all the plays and he made made Mahomes. And uh," like, no, you don't get it. So, but I never doubted EB. I've known him my whole life. 
Never. He's a hell of a fucking coach now. He's a hell of a football coach. He is the epitome of a running back coach right. and a football coach. That is what he is. Um, and hopefully guys buy into him, and, and it looks like they are. They're 2-0. Maybe, you know, shoot. Be honest with you. Are they better than we think, or is Arizona Cardinals better than we thought? Because mm. Arizona Cardinals could have beat them. They almost – they should have beat the Giants. Like, Arizona Cardinals could be a lot better than we think, or are the Washington Commanders better than you think? It's to be seen. It's week two. We're going to find out. But I'm just saying there's a lot of depth to this thing that a lot of people don't really grasp and understand. Um, but, you know. That's a good point. JB, let me ask you this real quick before we move on. What What's the best way to level up as a coach within the business? Is it is it mainly through networking and connections of who you know? Or can your skill set as a coach be the best way to, to allow you to level up and become, you know, a head coach, an OC, a DC? From your experiences, which like which was more important, the networking side or the actual skill set of, of who you are as a coach? Um, nah, it's all who you know. It's all who knows you. It it hasn't it has nothing to do with um pause this it has nothing to do with uh x's and o's because you know how many great play callers are out there devising scheme every day and blah 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 it's the guy that comes to you and says jb i need to i need to hook up on some classes mm. which every major four-year school country coach in america has come to me for years because why i hooked up classes i got kids graduated i need jb Alabama, JB, uh, Johnny needs an English class. Uh, I got you. Just remember, favors return with a favor. I need a kid recruited. I need y'all to take them. Because mm. if I get a kid to Alabama, guess what it does for the next kids I recruit? I got a kid to Alabama. Go right. play for JB. That's how I created and made my name. So X's and O's. Sark and Lane, they can call you right now and say, man, JB's as good as it gets. On Go go, go, get on the board with JB. But that ain't going to get you a job, dog. Or I'd be getting a job right now. Mm. I'd have a job right now. X's and O's don't mean shit. Everybody call X plays. Can you get the kids the shit they need, etc.? So there's a lot of trolls in that's interesting, man. And I, uh, said, yeah. I, I always just like to learn. I never, I never, I was always on the playing side. I never did the coaching. So I was always curious, man. But I guess it's just like the real world and anything else. It's about who you know, not necessarily what you know. What you know helps probably, you know, keep the job once you get the job. But in terms of getting your foot in the door and getting to a position, it's about honestly, you know, who you know. So I, I thought that was interesting. Um, but I did want to move on, though, man. A shout out to Eric with the wrench. And I don't know if we got a graphic or the picture in here, but regards, if we don't, we can still talk about it. Uh, and actually, I, I do think I see it in here, the Justin Herbert picture. But uh, stat of the day, and this is a very interesting stat of the day that Eric with the wrench found for us. Did you guys know the Chargers so far through two games have scored 58 points and zero turnovers? but they're 0-2. Like, if you would have told me before the season, like, hey, JB, the Chargers will score 58 points and will have no turnovers during the first two weeks. Will they win the game? I would have said, hell yeah, they 2-0, easy money. Like, 
and worst case they're one and one, but ain't no way in hell they're zero and two. So I kind of want to like it's crazy how numbers can be deceiving, and how and this is a, a perfect example of why numbers and stats and metrics do not tell you the full picture because. If you watch the actual games with the Chargers, which I had because you guys know preseason, JB and I, we made our Super Bowl picks and predictions and AFC champions and all that stuff. I had the Chargers going to the AFC championship. I still do. I'm not going to jump the bandwagon over two games. But I had them win the AFC West being 13-4 and and all this and that. They're probably not going to be 13-4 no more with an 0-2 start. (laughs) He's being real. But with football, man, it's all about – Possessions is all about timing. It's all about making plays at the right time. And these first two games, the Chargers could easily be 2-0 right now. But there are just certain moments in late games for both game one and game two that Justin Herbert, the offense, the coaches, that whoever you want to blame, just them as a team did not finish, did not make plays in the right time. And that's why they're 0-2. But I saw that stat, JB, and I'm like, man, I just – uh. I don't know. I mean, you're a coach. Jason. I know you. You know you, you. look at numbers. You look at stuff all the time. So maybe you you look at it differently. But it, it, are you surprised that the Chargers are zero two right now? I'm not surprised about anything the Chargers do because they're <laughs> Chargers. We always talk about they're going to Charger. They're, mm. That's what they do. They Charger. Um, so I'm not surprised at all. Uh, they got a defensive coach who's horrible on defense. Makes zero sense. That's remember we just talked about being me getting a job. That yeah. is how this guy got a job. Mm. Uh, Brandon Staley. So, yeah. So, like, again, it's who you know and who knows you. It's nothing about real brass tacks. I mean, Willie Taggart continued to get jobs. He's now coaching again. Like, he's horrible and he gets jobs all the time. It's who you know and who knows you. And that's the bottom line. There's so many guys I can tell you about that are like that. That's why when I tell you there's a thousand primes, there are a thousand primes just not Deion Sanders. There's a thousand primes out there. There's a thousand guys out there that should be coaching that aren't. And it's unfortunate because once you're in the fraternity, you're in the fraternity. This guy Staley is a bookworm analytic guy who has real no background in playing uh, of any sort of depth to it. And he's out here head coaching the Chargers. The similar situation with the cat in Miami Dolphins. Similar situation with old boy in, in, in Minnesota. Sam, similar situation with a lot of these coordinators and coaches. Belichick's two sons are in are – in, you're telling me that in today's landscape, and this ain't a white or black thing, but you don't see a lot of white secondary coaches coaching major football. Right. And it's not a – it's not a – it's not a uh, – stereotype it's a fact like a lot of white dudes i know except for myself and a couple others lane sark there's some guys out there of course that can go get them but how many white dudes you know are going to go recruit a bunch of brothers to play in the secondary in college football or in the nfl and then in the nfl you're going to have a white dude that's the head coach's son coaching a bunch of brothers in the secondary I'm like, you know how many brothers I know right now that don't have a job that is a better football coach? Just because he's not named Belichick don't mean he's not a better football coach. Because half of it's buy-in, Smitty. You're telling me that motherfuckers can't get more buy-in out of the secondary in New England than his daddy? son? I mean, than his son, Belichick's son? There's so much more depth to this. It's a whole conversation we could have. But 
Nepotism's real. Cats get passed by. And then you got admin that is scared to hire certain guys. Dion was scared to Dion. They were high, they were scared to hire Dion for a long time. And he had to go to HBCU route. He did his thing. And now look at him. Now he's the talk of college football. He's probably the talk of football. So yeah. like. Dog, he's the talk of football right now when no one Florida State wouldn't touch him. He's a legend there, and they would not touch him. So there's so That's much crazy. of that going on. Staley shouldn't be a head football coach, dog. He can't even manage a locker room. Trust me, you know and I know. I've had guys on this show from the Chargers, buddies of mine, players I've coached. I'm not going to give you what they tell me, but I know some things that they're like, it's just, it's bad. It's a bad deal. And so – Staley is a bad football coach in the head seat right here. When you're not, when you're a coordinator with no stress on you and you could just be a coordinator, he's probably a great coach. He did a hell of a job for the Rams, right? Right. That's a good point, man. That's a good point, man. Weddle played for him. Weddle will come on next week and talk to you about it. Um, and that's I mean, thing. it's really like anything. If you put me as offensive guard on the football field, something that I didn't play, I'm not going to perform that well. It doesn't mean I'm not a good football player. I'm just in the wrong position. You put me at three technique or nose, I'm going to go out there and make some plays. So same thing with coaching. Everybody's not a head coach. Everyone's not a coordinator. Everyone's not a, a, a GA at the college level. Everyone, you know what I mean? Everyone has their own roles. That's why I believe in roles when it comes to society and jobs. And, we're, and, and I don't look at roles as a bad thing. It's okay to have a, each position matters. And it's, it's very important. Everybody wants the head seat, but everybody can't be a CEO, JB. Everybody can't be an entrepreneur. Everybody can't be, you know, that top dog. And it's okay to try it out. You try it out. You learn. You, you know what? It, I'm not the best at this. And then you, you you move on. And I do think, yeah, Brandon Staley, like, he's on. I can't remember what your hot seats were. I, I think we did hot seats for college coaches. I don't know if we did it for NFL coaches yet. But no, we can do it today, though. Yeah, but Brandon Staley's definitely on my, on my hot seat because if uh, the Chargers don't, not just makes the playoffs. If they don't go and actually win a playoff game, bare minimum, he's out. There's no way in hell he comes back if they don't win a playoff game. So that's and you could and he knows he's on the hot seat. That's why you see him in the uh press conference. They're asking him about, hey, is the Jags loss from last season still lingering on today? Now, granted, I, I I didn't think it was the best question in the world, but the way he got pissed off and heated, you could tell he's got a lot of stress on him, as he should, because you got a you got a, a talented ass team. One of the best quarterbacks in the league, in my opinion. Wide outs galore. You got two potential Hall of Famers on your D-line. Like, you got some dogs out there, and you're not winning. So, he has to figure hey, it uh, out. I put, some NFL news. I put an NFL news ticker down on the bottom. Um, some things, if you didn't know. Gardner Johnson on IR for the Lions. Shaq yeah. Thompson for the year. Uh, Julius Peppers and Antonio Gates, first ballot Hall of Fame nominees. Um that was that was a little bit mm. something in the news. I wanted you guys right. to know that. And then we got Micah Parsons, leading candidate for MVP, not defensive player of the year. Is he a leading candidate for MVP right now? He'll be the first one since Lawrence Taylor uh, to get that reward. Um, I mean, through two weeks, JB, think about it. Through two weeks, we both said, and I agree with you, quarterback play overall has not been incredible. We know MVP has turned into a quarterback, you know, award, and quarterbacks aren't balling out right now. So, I mean, I'm trying to think. It sounds crazy when you say it, but 
I'm trying to think of like off the top of the head real quick. I don't I mean I don't know who else. I mean, who would you put in front of them right now? It's, again, it's only two weeks. So through two weeks, I don't know who I'll put in front of them. Now, obviously, MVP talk is way too early. I mean, there's guys who can go out there and have an amazing game, game one, get five sacks, and you know what I'm saying? So, like, let's have these conversations in about three or four weeks. But if we're talking about it right now, I think it's fair, in my opinion. So we shall see, man. You know I'm by. You guys know I love great defensive play, D-line play, et cetera. Um, JB, let me ask you this real quick. I know Max is going to join us in about 10 minutes, so it might be a good little segue. You're talking about you talk about nepotism and coaching and working your way up, et cetera. I sent you a, a clip earlier that I saw, and um, and maybe I was a little late to the party. I didn't know that it sounds like a, a Hall of Famer, legendary Warren Sapp is supposedly gonna be on Colorado's staff next year, coaching the defensive line. Is is he just talking, or is that like uh you think that's valid or what? He's on Whitlock. Him and Brett Farver on Whitlock every day now as well. I was on Whitlock again yesterday, um, and that's what they're saying. So I, I don't know. I mean, he might. So, so so the only way you could do that is if Dion told him, "Hey, my D line coach is leaving now." Right. But you wouldn't have made it public unless the D line coach and Dion. It's a mutual thing. The, either the D line coach has an NFL job waiting, or the D line coach is retiring. Whether the D line coach. Something's going on, or you don't just hire him. Or I didn't hear him say he's the D line coach, though. Oh, okay. Yeah. So cool. he could be an anal- analyst. He, they're boys. So he could he be. He might just be there helping the D line, the head D line coach, honestly. And he's there when he can be there. One of them yeah, type of deals. It looks, it looks, to me, I would think it's more of that. Yeah. Cause it's hard. I mean, I don't know Warren Sapp like that. I, but it's hard for me to believe that Sapp is going to really dedicate a full like year to be there every like you know you know a coaching being a coach is a year-round job recruiting you got to still talk to your players in the offseason i don't know if i'm gonna see warren sack i you know i could be wrong so again i don't know the man personally but i'm just saying i don't see him doing that and the other part is smitty that mother crazy I wouldn't want him around that my team and my players right now. That I, to me, it's going to mess up a good thing. That's my personal opinion. That's why I hope he's just a consigliere. <laughs> I, I hope he just comes around and hangs out. I hope he ain't the coach. Um, because Sal Sal's a good dude, the D line coach right now. You yeah. know, I think they got a good thing going. I I, I would find it hard pressed. I do think just his name alone could help with recruiting some D linemen, though. You know what I'm saying? Like just saying Warren Sapp, you know. Again, that's assuming these kids know him. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably what it's gonna be. Yeah, just on the recruiting side. Actual X's and O, because I don't has Warren Sapp coached before at any level, high school, anything that we know of? No. That's what I'm saying. So, like the actual coaching part, and again, I get it's D line. Like I could go coach D line. So I'm not trying to act like it's like, you know takes the genius to do it but you still i mean it's still coaching i'm not gonna belittle any coaching position at all so if you've never done it before it you know i can't expect you to come to a division one level you know what i'm saying and come yeah, out here and just be an amazing coach just because you played it well and we talked about this uh it might have been yesterday i think matt brought it up a lot of times the great players the all-time greats unfortunately they're not all-time great coaches because the game was so easy to them that it's hard for them to like understand why are you struggling with this it's a reach block beat the beat the guard you know what i'm saying it's like it's not that easy for everybody so that's why i see that's why um dion 
I give a lot of credit to because early on in Dallas, when he was coaching his son, and I used to watch, go out there. He he struggled because he would he was impatient. He under he didn't understand. And now I give a lot of respect for understanding. Not all these dudes could do what I do or right. do what I did. So now he's becoming more of a CEO, and that is what you have to become in this day. That he hired great coaches. People don't, that's why I don't think Dion gets enough credit at. The CEO part of this is is being overlooked, dog. And they're they're only looking at him winning and losing games. They're not looking at him CEO in this thing. He went in there and, and did exactly what I've done everywhere I've ever gutted and every program I've ever taken over. Rewrap it, reculture it. That's number one. Fuck getting players and all that right now. We're recruiting, no doubt, but I'm building the infrastructure right here now. I'll take my year one lumps to get this all tight, comfortable. Right. It's my house. I was there 20 hours a day. I want to be comfortable there. I want my players to be comfortable there because I'm going to demand their asses be there a long time. We're waits at five, film at five at night later on, right? So then my staff is there all night with me. I want it to be comfortable. I got food. I got fridges. I got couches. I got TVs. I He's done the same thing. If you're going to live there, make sure it's nice, it's comfortable, so you can work and give your best. He's done that, number one. Number two, players will come once you start to build the infrastructure, get a good staff, get coaches that you understand are there to get the players and will treat them the right way, even though we're going to coach them, not befriend them. We're going to coach them. But I need to see if you can MF a kid and then buy him a hamburger the very next hour. Mm-hmm. I need to know if you can motherfuck a kid and then tap him on the ass and love on him. I need to know if you understand if you can coach him hard and love him harder. And if you can't, then that's when I start getting your, you know, start to move guys out. All right, this didn't last that long. You know what I mean? Right. So there's a lot of guys that can do that, but they don't get the chance. And that's the, my point to the thousand of them of those guys. So, um, but, let me ask you this real quick. I never asked you this before. What made you a great coach? Like, what, what was it about JB that was like made you just a little different? That made you stand out? And like, how do you how did you even learn how to be a, a great coach? Obviously, you played quarterback, so naturally you have to be a leader on all yeah. of your teams. But how did that translate to you? Just being a head, a head guy, it's, it's hard to do. I'll be honest. Um, I, I truly believe. So there's levels to coaching. There's right. the master. A master coach is the number one level where cats want to get. You know, Saban's become a master. I think Pete Carroll. I think. I don't know if there's a lot of other master coaches other than the Belichicks of the world. Um, things like that. Yeah, you can ask Allen better than me. Allen better answering than I am. Um, but. The, here's the difference. I think you have the it factor or you don't. Mm. Like you have the it factor or you don't, number one. So I'm, I I believe you have to have – some people just don't have the it factor. I don't believe you can go in there and do certain things if you don't have that it factor. And that it factor can be everything from ripping out the locker room to rebuilding it to being able to recruit Allen Edward and talk to Allen and, and, and understand that – and then get Allen to buy in. Hey, Allen, listen, I got a couple other QBs coming, but you're one of my guys, but I got to have more depth. I got to have other guys. I, I, 
I would bring Allen in and let him know because Allen was my guy. I brought Allen from Garden City to Independence, and then I was like, hey, I'm going to bring this kid from Kansas State in, JB, Jonathan Banks. Mm-hmm. And Allen was like, hell yeah, I know we need some – you know, Allen was the only guy I had in the spring. And then we right. brought JB in. Him and JB both played, and JB went to Tulane. Allen went to UTSA. I mean, if he didn't trust me, he would have bounced. Right. And that's what you see in today. Every single you see in the transfer portal because the coaches lie to the kids. Then they don't talk to the kids. They don't communicate to them what the deal is. And I think there's a huge difference in that part of it. There's no, there's a huge fall off for most coaches. And then you got to be able to MF a kid and the kid actually genuinely understands why you're doing it. You're not just yelling at them. And it has makes no rhyme or reason. You got you got coaches out here who will just yell at kids, and I'm I have secondhand embarrassment. I'm like that kid ain't listening to you. He don't hear you, and you don't make any sense. <laughs> right. So you got to be able to motherfuck somebody, but they understand why. Why are you doing it? Why did he do it to me? And I and then he comes in later, like man, coach, you right. And then ten years later, damn, coach, you were right. I, I'm so glad you motherfucked me, or I'd have been screwed for life. Like, right. a lot of these coaches running around yelling at dudes, and, and, and they're like, man, get the fuck out of here. What are you doing? What are you talking about? So, like, there's a lot that goes into it. But the it factor, number one, understanding each and every player individually, because I'm just telling you right now, um, man, it, it's not <laughs> even close. Like, you can motherfuck the whole team and all that old shit, but if you can't have an intimate relationship and bring Allen in the locker room in my office and sh- bullshit with them and, and do that with every single player individually, then, you know, th- you're not going to have a shot at this. You got to uh, have balance. No, that's that's real. Any of the coaches who I really, you know, loved were, did both. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, Alan, can to- you answer this slap dick right here? You said <laughs> you sent 40 players to Division One. What's their names and what schools? Yeah, let me stop the show. And I'll go over every player. And not only 40, what do you mean? You mean 40 a year, non-speller? Why you? <laughs> I said I sent 45 a year while I was at Indy Division One, not 40 overall. I got 300 Division One players. <laughs> maybe, Alan, maybe Alan can drop them in the chat, but I don't have time. But I. Actually, don't even do that, Alan, because we're not going to pay you no mind. You could actually Google it, you fucking idiot. Um, so, <laughs> I, I don't know, Big Smitty. There's a lot that goes to the coaching world and go, it goes into the coaching thing, but you have to have the it factor, number one. Number two, um, and Al- Alan, this was the first year, Alan, the rebuild year. That was the rebuild year, the shitty year. <laughs> <laughs> That was the year we went five and what we go five and four year one after they hadn't won a game in five years. Twenty eight D one, the first year. By the way, Smitty, I sent twenty eight D one year one, and they had they had sent only one kid D one in the last three years total. That's crazy. That's uh, crazy. That's legendary, man. I I gotta give I gotta give you your flowers, man. You, hey, it, the facts are the facts. The haters will say what they want, but the facts are the facts. I got graphics and shit. I can pull up graphics and shit. Like, why, though? It's like, why? Yeah, no, I feel (laughs) you there. But I know somebody you can pull up, and that's Big Matt McChesney. And I think he's in the building right now, JB. So we got to bring him up to the show. 
this dumbass. Um, I have his shades on. I love dick riders. Dick riders are always so fucking good. Yeah, I sent 45 D1 a year, fuckboy. Not total. I sent 300 D1 overall. But what do I know? By the way, I got 28 in the NFL right now and 10 first rounders. You want to pull that up too? Anyway. Um, <laughs> What's going on, Matt, man? You got a smile on your face, man. How you feeling? I'm good, man. What's up, peeps? How we doing? Doing good, man. Oh, doing good. Cold. I hate coffee's cold. So go mm. warm that shit up, dog. Ice man, coffee. You're not here, man. You're fucking sexy. Look at glasses and Bro, shit. He got, shade. he got the fade. He got the fade with the taper on the side. Who, who you think you is? I, I know who I am. I'm a bad motherfucker. Now I shit. looking like Johnny Bravo. Boy, I'm about to when they made the big guy, so. Shit, what are we talking about today? Let's go. Man, let me ask you this straight up. Is Warren Sapp coming to Colorado next year? What's going on with that? What? Word on the street. Warren Sapp is coming to Colorado 2024. To coach? Yeah, supposedly. Yeah, supposedly. I think he's going to be an analyst, dog. They're not, I don't, you you don't announce that, uh, Matt. You know this. You don't announce it unless either Prime and the D line coach have a mutual understanding he's leaving or he's got another job already lined up or. Really good. So their D line, their D tackle coach Sal is pretty good. So I, yeah, I could see Warren coming in and helping him out. I think, I, I think he's good. helping Sal out. I don't think Sal's leaving. Um, well, but I mean, we'll see. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, we'll see. Especially hey, man, we got you for about twenty-five minutes. I have a lawyer jumping on to talk about Mel Tucker and the Michigan State thing. I wanted to lead right in with you on this. Uh, who do you got? Who is a good replacement? Because I'm just going to throw it out there. It would be a huge shit sandwich to to make everybody eat when Urban Meyer takes that job. I'm just throwing Ooh. it out. There. So, Ooh. Ooh. oh, you already okay. know he's like he's got a Woody right now on Fox Sports tomorrow. He's gonna be sitting there like, I'm going with that. I'm actually with that. I think Urban would be. I mean, Urban's a good coach. Obviously, he's a program builder. He'd do a good job. He's a college football coach, not a pro football coach. Um, I also think that they would be smart to maybe go steal Sharon Moore, the OC and O-line coach at Michigan. Like, don't take from your rival. That's always smart. So, you know, I, it, look, it's a good job. Mel Tucker just, it is what it is. You know, he's getting fired for cause at $80 million left on the table for whatever happened. I, I'm not going to sit here and speculate. I wasn't on the text message, thank God. Uh, but... <laughs> Look, Doc, the, the whole situation is when you bring in a sexual assault teacher to teach people about sexual assault and then end up maybe sexually assaulting the sexual assault teacher that's teaching people not to be sexually assaulted, it just, there's too many jokes to make. Like, it's too easy to attack this, so I'm not going to. It's low-lying fruit, and I'm just going to walk by it. So um, the job is good. They care. East Lansing is a, a football town. Um, but they are still, I know they hate this, but they are Michigan's little brother. And for like a 10 year span, they weren't. And then it went back to normal when D'Antonio left. So, I mean, what's to stop them from going back out and asking Mike to come back like Bill Schneider did at K-State to stabilize the program again before they get another coach too as well. So, Hey, here's a, here's an interesting tweet. I want to, I want to read this to you. Okay. Cause I, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to drop the bomb, uh, in a few days or a week, couple weeks when I talk to Smitty about it. Cause I have some insight on this whole thing that no one else has. But 
How about if you stay on a phone sex call for 36 minutes and then text Happy Father's Day to the same guy you had phone sex with six weeks later? Yeah, she's a friend. That's what Brenda Tracy did to Mel Tucker. Well, she, Just she's a friend. That out. Like, look, both of, I don't think Mel. How do I say this without having the entire liberal? Bro, it's Matt, Matt, just keep it real. Matt, okay, look, Matt, look. This was probably consensual until she thought it wasn't. And then she, if, if they're doing a 36 minute phone sex session and she's sending Happy Father's Day, it wasn't all bad. So six weeks later. And so that's, that's the thing, man. Is this. Maybe Mel wanted to break it off, or maybe he did something that she didn't like, and she's vindictive and decided to destroy his life. I mean, that does happen. There are women like that. I mean, again, I'm going to bring this up, but just go listen to Mona Lisa and tell me that there's not predators out there. So I'm just saying, man, both both sides can be wrong, and both sides probably are, considering Mel's a father and a married man. So not only is he losing his job, but I'd imagine that Mrs. Tucker is probably going to kick rocks and take half of his shit. So uh, this is just that, a- that's, that's one thing. I can't wait to talk to the lawyer Michelle next because she she has some insight that's going to be interesting. She thinks Mel not only will get his contract, but then some in this lawsuit. So well, I can't I, wait to hear. I yeah, I mean, I don't. This is a real slippery slope. It it is it is um, <laughs> it is it is. I don't know what's going on, but we'll see. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm going to uh, be the first time in my life where I say, Matt, shut the fuck up. Yeah, <laughs> I feel you on that, man. I feel you on that. But well, one thing I know we we wanted to do, uh, JB, and I think we got some, we got our graphics ready, if I'm not mistaken. I want to do it with Matt. You know, what I mean, uh, our top five uh, performers. Uh, I think we got players and we got teams. I don't care which one you want to start with, JB. Surprise us both. And pull up one, and, and let's talk through them. This is my Dick list Smitty, right here. Matt, this is Big Smitty's top five performing teams of the week three in the NFL. I like it. Yeah, I mean, look, Tennessee had a comeback against the Chargers. The Chargers chargered. I mean, I can't believe I'm saying this, but the Cowboys might be the best team in the league. I know. Like, their, their fucking defense is – Micah Parsons is unbelievable. Like, it, there's game records, and he's one of them. I, he, he might be having the type of year – Lawrence Taylor. Garners, yes, Lawrence Taylor MVP votes. So, like Michael Parsons is in a big enough city and good, and he's such an elite player right now that if he continues this, I can see him winning the the MVP of the league uh, as a defensive player. Buffalo, you know, and Seattle both rebounded, played well. Tampa Bay's come out of nowhere to be two and zero and pretty competitive. I mean, Baker Mayfield, for all of his faults, is a competitor and does give a shit and is not Sam Darnold. Like, Sam Darnold's content being a backup. Baker, it eats him alive. Marcus Mariota's content being a backup. It, eat Baker, it eats Baker alive. Kyler Murray just wants to play video games. I don't think Baker even played Nintendo. So, I, I kind of dig Baker Mayfield. I like his attitude. I love that he keeps getting thrown out and in the trash, but he always finds a way to rebound. I mean, Baker's the number one pick overall, and he's playing pretty well in Tampa. They might have found themselves quarterback, so... There's mine, Big Matt. There's mine. Yeah, and I like this, too. Like, look, the Broncos have to go to Miami this week. That's an 0-3 start for Denver. Let's just be real. Tampa and Atlanta are 2-0 and in the South, where I thought that division was going to be terrible. Both of them look much improved. 
Um, and Dallas and San Francisco right there. Dallas, Philly, San Francisco, there's going to be three spots for – or two spots for three teams in the NFC title game. So, yeah. like – And the who- reason – the reason I got Niners as the performing week two is just as fa- just because they took a shot from the Rams in the face. I, I think they I don't think they knew the Rams are as good as they are. They, Rams might be the surprise fucking team in the NFL. I don't know how good they really are, um, but I thought they responded and came back and got the win. Um, they but they haven't beaten the Rams in forever too. Like that, they had lost like seven straight or something to them. So that's a good yeah. call there. Look, San Francisco's. Really, really good. So there's three pretty good teams in, in the NFC that I think I think one of those three is going to the Super Bowl. And then the Saints are a good squad. They should win the South, but Carr is washed. He can't play anymore. Their defense is incredible. But if Tampa or Atlanta can figure out how to score some points, they're going to have an advantage on New Orleans because their offense is so anemic. So let me let me ask you this. Where do you got the Washington Commanders? Are they better than we thought? Are they? Are they? Are the? Are the? Let me ask you this question: That the common man out here that fucking just talks don't understand. Are the Arizona Cardinals maybe better than we thought? Because I'm just telling you, Washington beat them, and then they turn around and almost beat New York after a horrible performance. Danny Dimes has to lead them back and come back from 21 down. Are are Washington is? Are they? They got a hell of a D line. They have an opportunity with Eric Bieniemy. Averaging 28 a game. We just talked about that um, with a young quarterback. Is Washington right there on the cr- on the cusp of being one of your top performers every week? Uh, look, they they impressed the hell out of me last week. Uh, Payne, Deron Payne had a personal three and out. He had a sack on McGlinchey. The next play, he beat Quinn Miners across the face for TFL. And the next play, he blew up a double team on a play action look and tipped the ball PDF off the field. So, their defensive line is full of first-round draft picks, and three of them are in the top ten. And Sweat is like 18th or something. So they're all first-rounders up front. They play like it. Um, you know, everybody thought Chase Young was done. He balled out last week. I think if he's healthy, he's elite. Uh, look, Washington has the ability to play with anybody because of their defense. Sam Howell is bought into EB's system. Terry McClellan loves it. And Brian Robinson is that fucking guy. Look, if you get shot in the kneecap, and then you come out a month later to mini men. Mini men. Like, that's the whole Ethan, if you can find that when you do the all together and like talk about that when we're doing this, that shit was so fucking hard. I mean, it like gives me goosebumps thinking about it. And he went off against Denver in the second half Sunday. I knew we talked about this on the show that EB knows how to beat the Broncos and he did it again. Um, I think the commanders are a really, really scary team that's probably going to be a wild card, it's like six or seven, and be a 10, 10 or 11 win team. And that's the team that Philly and Dallas and the Niners do not want to see in the playoffs because they can go on the road and their defense can travel and they can run the ball. So, you know, Riverboat Ron will go out there and fucking start riverboating this shit. And Washington could be a surprise team in the NFC to like make a run. Um, you know, it, look. There's going to be something that happens that is a little bit out of the box. So, like, is Detroit going to win the North? Is Green Bay going to win the North? Jordan Love looks like he's pretty good. He looks like he might have figured it out. Green Bay does a pretty good job of selecting talent, developing it, and then having them play quarterback. They did it with Favre, with Don Melkowski. They did it with Aaron Rodgers with Favre. And now they did it with Jordan Love with Aaron Rodgers. So, they know what they're doing, apparently, and uh, we should trust them on it because they continuously do this and they never put out a bad player at that position. And and look, 
This, it's only week two, but you're going to see separation this week big time. If Denver loses at Miami and they're 0-3, the season's over. Like, yeah. the AFC is so stacked that if you don't – if you're 0-3 after three weeks, you're cooked. I mean, if you're 1-2, your back's against the wall because there are seven spots. But in the AFC, there's probably – I'd say 10 or 11 teams that are really, really good that are playoff teams. So this is going to be a super battle royale in the AFC. The NFC is not as deep. I think that's why I think you're going to get three teams from the NFC East in the playoffs, and then everybody else will just have the division winners. Yeah, hey, actually, we have a new little thing, uh, stat, of the day, stat of the day, and I know as many brought it up earlier, we want I want to get your take on this and break this down before we give you our uh, top five performing players of the of the week in the NFL. I want to give you the stat of the day. Okay. Stat of the day is the Chargers have scored 58 points, have zero turnovers, and are 0-2. Um, can you break down why that is, and when is Staley being fired? <laughs> uh, Staley needs to be fired today. Um, I'm not advocating for anybody to lose their jobs, but this guy is the epitome of a fuckboy. And I can't believe he didn't get fired last year when he blew the, the lead to Jacksonville. They're, oh, the Chargers are 0-2. I, and this is why I always say the Chargers charger. They're always chargering. And I, I don't necessarily want to see it. I like I, I work with Morgan Fox forever. He's one of their D linemen. He's a great player. Yeah. Austin was a Colorado guy. I think they have a lot of potential, but – I mean, for God's sakes, they have got to get a coach there that can figure out how to get the defense right so Justin Herbert can excel, and I thought that's what this dude was, a defensive coach. So I don't think – I think that he – if they had anybody on that staff that they trusted to take over, he'd already be gone. But at the same time, the Chargers do this constantly. They constantly hang on to coaches they shouldn't have, and they underachieve, and they have great teams that don't do shit. I mean, I remember a year where they were 14 and two in the number one seed and they didn't even get out of the divisional round. So, you know, whether they're in San Diego or LA, the Chargers Charger, and that's what we're seeing right now. And the coach is going to get fired because of it. And that's a good job. But at the same time, historically, you're looking at the Browns on the West Coast. The same way. Let's dive into our top five players, Big Smitty. I'm going to bring up. I'm gonna bring Let's up your it. top five players first. Um, the correct five, right here, man. You got Micah, Josh, Alex Highsmith, C.D. Lamb, and Daniel Jones. Big Matt, mm. where you at with that? I, look, I don't have a problem with any of them, but not having T.J. Watt on that list is bold. Um, even if Highsmith is on it too, both of them should be. I mean, look, T.J. Watt, what he did on Sunday night was that that son of a bitch is so unbelievably talented he's special. Um, he's special he's so incredible bro if you just want somebody to just rush the passer i think he might be the guy um look i i, I loved how physical that game was the other night uh i thought Mika fitzpatrick played his ass off you know cameron hayward not being there doesn't help but that was a great game it's got to be michael parsons though i mean number one is michael parsons and it should be that guy is it's essentially when you're an offensive lineman and you put in all this work and you go out there, out there me being an ex-defensive lineman too, it's like John Abraham in his prime. And if you know Big Cat, like he has the he has a he has the predator tattoo down the side of his leg. It just says predator, and it is true. So like I moved to offensive line with the Jets, 
and we're doing one-on-ones and we're in NASCAR and he lines up with the three technique. I could have the best set in the fucking world. It don't matter. Homeboys, homeboys wearing me out. That's John fucking Abraham. That's a Hall of Fame defensive lineman. Well, right. Michael Wilson, he's a spinner in this defense. So they, Dan Quinn does a great job of putting four guys down in NASCAR and then even front double threes. And then Mike Parsons just up. He's mugging the nose and he's walking to the B gap. Now he's on the C gap. And if you move him around all the time, he gets to eat every offensive lineman's lunch. And, yeah. and centers, aren't, centers aren't used to dealing with that kind of speed and athleticism. So when you isolate him in an even front and he's called a spinner and you're like, hey, 505050, 11's the spinner. Wherever he goes, we got a slide, but it's a man call. So he can just mug the center and wear him out because both the guards are occupied with three techniques. Or he can walk to the end of the line of scrimmage and blitz, and then we have to ray call it, which isolates the backside too. He can go in the E-gap, which makes him squeeze call, which puts the back on the defensive end, and now he's on an advantage because the the offensive tackle is stepping down his inside foot, and Mike is one of the best is going inside out and putting your weight on your ass. So if you put all your weight on your inside foot, he goes to the shoulder and you're done. So – like 11 is so explosive vertically and out of his stance, there's no wasted motion. When you do that, it's called a war triangle. So if you mm. look at the, the offensive lineman's alignment, if you go out a yard and you go four yards up the field, it's four yards to the quarterback, it's four yards back to his spot. So that triangle is where we operate. If I want to push vertical, if his in, if the tackle's inside foot goes to the outside line, I go inside. If he, if he wants to push jump set and jumps at me and he's all and he's lateral, I go immediately inside off the angle. If he sinks, I go vertical and I can go inside out strike like spear straight arm. If he sets his hand and tries to like turn at me, I've got good angle here and I can open up and sink. So, you know, that's what we, we do. The war triangle work constantly at the gym. Uh, it pays off for good pass rushers that, who understand the difference space is your ally as a pass rusher and mike understands that he he knows that his job is to hit the quarterback not beat the tackle mm. pass rushers have to understand your job is not to beat the offensive lineman his job is to block you your job is to hit that son of a bitch in the teeth and i don't care how you do it i don't care if it's sugar step ghost i don't care if it's power i don't care if it's spin i don't care if it's a matchup problem all of that comes together and it becomes an unstoppable force of nature, which is 11. That guy is a bad motherfucker. Hey, I'm going to bring mine up. And the reason I don't have Mike at one, I want to, I want to bring, I want to ask Mike, uh, Matt this. Hackett, jacket, fucking horrible fucking offensive play caller. Why did you not run the football at least to slow Micah down? And I, I'm just like, listen, he's already dominating you, pitting his ears back. How about we run the fucking ball so we can get out of here? Sometimes you've got to run the ball to get out of places. And you would have stopped a lot of what he did, and that is number one job for us. Play caller, Matt, as you know, for me it is. If I'm away at, a, at, a, at an opposing place, the number one thing I don't want to hear is the fucking crowd go crazy because of a sack. Because of a turnover, we did a horrible job. Yes, Micah may be the best player, but the reason I'm not putting him at one is because of the horrible job Hackett did to negate some of that shit. And I got number one at Daniel Jones for the comeback he made and being Daniel Jones again. Um, I got Lamar at two, though, Matt. I got Micah at three. Mike Evans had 160 yards looking to get paid. And Baker Mayfield, I put in there because I'm going to keep it real. He's he's impressed me so far. I still think we'll see the movie at the end of the day that we've always seen. 
But at the end of the day, he's doing well for what he has right now. Um, I think the movie, what we've seen is when Baker's healthy, he took the Browns to the divisional round and almost beat the Chiefs. So I think Baker's a really good player when he's supported. I think Cleveland fucked up paying old rub and tug Deshaun Watson to 50 million. If they keep Baker, I bet you they're better than they are now. That's just my opinion. Baker really loved that place and he sold out for him and they sold him out and went after a sexual predator as a quarterback. And he was terrible on Sunday night. Like, I know he's a good player, but I need to, Deshaun Watson better pick this up or that's going to be a worse signing than Russell Wilson. So, yeah. look, the the quarter the quarterback's job is to be tough and, and, and bring the team back. You know what I'm saying? And Daniel Jones did that. And I'm going to give him his flowers. But all that said, Daniel Jones will be the reason the Giants lose in the long run. Period. So until they upgrade oh, the team, but well, whatever. Saquon's right. hurt. That that's why he wanted to get paid because he knows he's going to get hurt. It's what it is. He's running back. <laughs> but Daniel Jones is the quarterback, and all the blame falls on him, and all the praise falls on him. So you can't have it both ways. Um, but you know, it's just it, it's rare to see tough guy quarterbacks in this league because they don't allow it. Um, you know, most guys when they get you know push too hard or blown on they just fall over and there's a lot of flopping in that position which i hate right. uh, but but there are some really tough sons of bitches and he's one of them i mean to be in new york and uh, you know to re-sign with them after your rookie deal and be in a position where for four of the five years you were pretty shitty but he's still tough enough mentally to handle that media market and those fans i mean that's impressive yeah I agree, man. I agree. JB, I do want to make this one note, though. I understand what you're saying about Michael and why you don't have him as number one, but you can't punish the man because the opposing coordinator. Yeah, like, they got nothing to do with Micah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you punch your Micah because of what Hackett didn't do. That's not his fault. First offensive coordinator I've ever seen. I'm not punishing him. I know he's the best player in football right now, athletically gifted, all that, but I'm just saying we wouldn't have saw what he did and single-handedly fucking go from fucking five technique and run a fucking A-gap stunt and go over the center and sack the goddamn quarterback. We wouldn't have saw that shit if we were fucking running inside zone a few times. Well, you probably like, would have saw some TFL things on inside you. You still saw dominance. I don't really think it matters what you do. Yeah. I agree. He's, uh, just, he's the guy. He's, he's one of the handful of guys off the top of my head. Micah Parsons, Bobby Yaga. Aaron Donald, uh, just T.J. Watt. Okay. Watt, yes, absolutely. Bosa. Bosa, like who doesn't have a sack yet, but he's getting triple teamed. So the other guys are eating. Like yes. you know, D- Darius Leonard when he's healthy, the middle linebacker for the Colts is a bad Jack Leonard, yeah, bad man. Yeah. Like there's just there's certain players in the National Football League on defense that are proactive. Fred Warner, that's one proactive football player right there. Like, and when I say this, this is what I mean. Are you really studying and are you really maximizing every minute to be proactive so you know what's happening before they snap the ball? Or are you simply a reactive football player? And that's fine. There's tons of defensive players that are reactive and really good, but they're stepped behind a lot of the times and they can be taken advantage of on screens and draws and misdirection and things of that nature, even more so than other players because they're not being proactive. Like Luke Keekley and Thomas Davis together – with the was one of the most unbelievable combos of proactive linebacker play I've ever seen in my life. They just call plays out. 
Like yeah. when I was with the Dolphins, we played Baltimore in the playoffs. They came to us when we won the East in 08. And we were running Wildcat. And it worked against Seattle and it worked against the Raiders and it worked against fucking the, you know, the it didn't really work against Patriots. They shit stomped us and they had Matt Castle. They didn't even make the playoffs that year at 11 and 5. It worked against the Jets and the Meadowlands to win the, the, the division. But then when Baltimore got there and you line up and you walk out first play and it's Suggs, Nada, Ray Lewis, and Ed Reed, and we motion into Wildcat and they go, Zone right, zone right, pirate, pirate. And they slant and fucking Ray runs the A gap and kills somebody. And Ed's out there calling the play out and they beat us 30 to 3. So. That is the difference between reactive football players and proactive football players. And these defensive players in the NFL. And, and speaking of that, before you get out of here, Matt, we have a lovely Michelle in the backdrop coming in and show. Let me ask you this. Proactive reactive talk is a great segue before you leave. Quarterback. Justin Fields looks like he is reactive on every facet of playing the game of football and at quarterback. Um, I know somebody broke him down the other day. I saw Dan Orlowski on Pat's show yesterday talking about him. Like, I've been saying it for two years, though. Like, if you teach a kid that he can run when anything gets cloudy, you will teach a kid to run for the rest of his life because Ooh. you're going to have his ass throw the football with some sort of distress, Matt. And, Matt, you know in this game as an old lineman when you got a quarterback and he fucking delivers that bitch and takes a shin shot and scar under his chin for life, you got – you like – Good shit, boy. Get up. I, I, like that's what like the, what it's about, right? It's about it like this. I don't know if you guys saw what I posted yesterday on TikTok, Sixer Academy, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. But I on altitude, which I go to right after this, ninety-two five here in Denver, ten to noon. Um, I was talking about Shador Sanders and being the tough son of a bitch that he is, quarterback for the Buffs, who took a shot from number eight in the game. They, they ejected the defensive end now. I don't think he should have been ejected. That's a dan- that's a stupid rule, but it was a penalty, and it's okay. It's it's two steps. He struck him. He picked him up off the ground. He drove him into the ground. Shador got up, didn't even didn't even brush himself off, spit up blood, smiled at the dude, and Dion wiped it off with his sleeve and said, "Go get him." And Shador walked onto the field, twenty eight to twenty, with a minute twenty left, and went ninety eight yards, tied the game, got the two point one and double overtime, and went, "What bitch?" And that is what they're looking for from a quarterback. That is a leader of men, a professional leader of men. That is, you want respect? Be that guy. Also, Shador was the first guy over to confront Blackburn after he cheap-shotted Travis Hunter, not on the offensive lineman, but the quarterback was in his face, giving him the business. So there's, look, when you're a quarterback in this league and Justin Fields is a starting quarterback for the Chicago Bears, he... Every time he runs, it's exciting, but the ability to stand in the pocket and deliver the ball and take a shot and get up and be like, that ain't shit. We just scored a touchdown on what? It's deflating to the defense. You just took their best shot and got up and laughed at him and spit blood at him and smiled and like took him 98. And there's that's the difference between just a quarterback and an actual leader. Like I, I don't want just a quarterback. I want a guy who is a coach on the field who will challenge the head coach. That's the problem in Denver. Russell Wilson is a yes man. He doesn't challenge Sean Payton ever. Sean Payton makes a call. Russell Wilson says, yes, sir. So I'm not saying it needs to be contentious. I am saying there's got to be give and take, and a real leader isn't just going to say yes all the time. And if you're looking for a dog 
and you're looking for a, a tough guy quarterback, you've got to evaluate how he plays when the chips are stacked, not just when everything's great. Yeah. Like the fact that Shador Sanders has walked in to see you with his father and they've turned this around and they're ranked 19th and 3-0 going to Oxen to play Bo Nix, like you want to talk about a Heisman moment, go play well in the next two games and win both of them or win one of the two and see how big this gets because – there's a there's a difference between playing quarterback and being cute and painting your nails and playing quarterback and getting struck and getting up and spitting blood and smiling and being a real tough guy. And that's yeah. true. That is absolute unequivocal truth. When we saw Caleb Williams player. here, look, and then I'll shut up. I know I got to go. But when we saw Caleb Williams get struck last year against Utah, he folded and they got crushed. In the first game, it was 43-42 competitive. In the second game, Utah beat the absolute dog shit out of USC, and Caleb Caleb folded and got hurt, remember? Yeah. Then they lost to Tulane in a bowl game. And then they went to Tulane, and he didn't play well either, and they all they did was beat him up. So if you get hit and it affects you to the point where your team loses, you don't play well, that's a huge red flag for me in the National Football League. They hit quarterbacks like it's going out of business, and they can't even hit them, and they still do it. <laughs> and they intimidate these guys to the point where they're like shaking in their boots and quarterback play is terrible. Just ask coach JB. So when you have a kid that can get struck and get up and this whole team goes, God damn, look at how tough this guy is. And the defense goes, man, we're just, we're just hitting him over and over and over again. He just keeps getting back up. That's some John Elway shit. That's some Don, Dan Marino shit right there. That's some Joe Montana shit. Like with the exception of Leonard Marshall breaking his rib cage, that was one tough the bitch that took shots and kept getting up. So that generation of quarterback, one of the reasons I respect them so much is because of their toughness and leadership ability. And I see a lot of that in Shador, and that's what you're looking for in a professional leader of men. And if the Broncos continue to struggle the way they do, they better draft that man. Hey, I agree, man. I agree. And, hey, man, uh, I appreciate you, man. We're going to get uh, a lawyer in here to talk some business about Mel Tucker. Should be a great one. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Matt, go check out Altitude. See Matt right after this. I'll see you. We'll talk NFL picks this week, later on this week, Matt, with you. I love it, brother. I'll be back tomorrow. Make sure you go check out 60equipment.com uh, and uh, get yourself a body bag. So, deuces. Peace. Pretty boy Matt is out with the fade in the glasses, y'all. <laughs> Hey, um, let me bring it in. Let me put it on the ticker right here. So, basically, this is uh, Michelle Kirkpatrick. All right, she's going to come on. Make sure you follow her on Twitter. She does a hell of a job giving advice. Or not advice. Let me retract that statement. She she actually tells you certain things that happen uh, in certain situations yeah. uh, legality-wise. So, you can get a lot of info from her page. And uh, you guys should follow her. I just followed uh, her just now, man. I just followed. I'm excited for this one, JB. Hey, let's bring her in. Michelle, what's up, girl? How you doing? Great. How are you guys? Good to see you. Uh, you too. You too. It's been a while. Um, yeah. I appreciate you. I see you out here killing it. I, I, I saw you post that. I'm like, I got to get you on. Um, people don't know what I'm talking about, but obviously there is a uh, – I got some insight on both sides. I've known Mel a long time. I also know the, the, the lady uh, in question. Um, so – Break us down. Give us this brass tax situation. The thing that you intrigued me with, Michelle, was that Mel Tucker not only could get his contract, but and then some in this particular situation. Um, can you break that down as to why Mel Tucker may be able to do that? 
Yeah. So an interesting thing happened yesterday when Mel Tucker released a statement. It was something that I had not anticipated. Um, in addition to looking like he was going to bring a breach of contract claim against Michigan State for looking like they're going to fire him, he also said that he had requested FMLA leave so for a serious health condition. Didn't specify what that was. Um, but that in between the time he made that request for leave and the time they were supposed to have the hearing, they basically said, no, we're not going to do the hearing for you anymore. We're just going to fire you, which is super suspicious timing. Now, I've like counseled a lot of employers who have had employees request FMLA. Most people would tell you don't fire someone right after they request FMLA because it looks like you're retaliating against them or trying to interfere with their right to take FMLA. Mm. And Michigan State was like, so um, they, they pulled the trigger. And the interesting thing about the FMLA is that it provides for something called liquidated damages, which basically means whatever your economic damages are, your back pay, your front pay, they can be doubled, which means there is a universe. It's really unlikely, but there's a universe in which Mel Tucker could get double his contract if that's determined to be the economic damages and if it's determined that Michigan State violated the FMLA and firing him, which just honestly blows up the landscape, gives him tons and tons of leverage in the negotiation. He's probably working toward a settlement. I honestly don't think this is going to go all the way. Most cases don't, but it does change the game. And if I'm Michigan State's lawyers looking at this, I'm like, ugh, that was probably not the right move to pull the trigger right after he made that request. Wow. Man. So you think he has a shot at getting something? I think he's got a shot at a settlement. I, I Like I said, a lot of cases don't go to trial. It's like less than 1%, but this is not good right now. And the fact that he is making these very public statements shows that he's not going to go down without a fight. And honestly, I said this in my Twitter post, like, I think he's looking for some like serious shut the fuck up money from yeah. Michigan State. I think oh, yeah. they probably like to put this in the rear view as quickly as possible, get back to focusing on a football program that clearly needs all the attention it can get right now. After that Washington <laughs> game. Um, I think he's angling uh, to try to resolve this quickly, but he's making it nasty for them in the process. Let me ask you this before Smitty dives in. I, I gotta ask you something. The 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 Nassar issue. I don't I know that happened first, uh, you know, the doctor and all that. And Michigan State slow played that. They didn't really act on it. It happened, took years, and then all of a sudden it comes out. Did they overreact to the Mel Tucker firing? And mm. did it and, and do did they do that because of the Nassar and because of the bad black eye they already had on, as a university? And they overreacted now. You have a black man that was fired that is coming after you. And there, there's going to be some issues now on both sides. Michigan State, as a university, I think is going to take a shot in this whole thing. So I think they botched this, honestly, in both directions. I think mm -hmm. he he made this clear in his statement yesterday that they basically knew about this in the spring and didn't do anything until it became public. So maybe there's an argument to be made that they underreacted. And if they really think it was that serious, that he had phone sex with Brenda Tracy, they should have pulled the trigger back in the spring when they knew about it and they didn't. So maybe there's an argument to be made that they underreacted, that they have a history of covering things up and did so here. But then once it became public, obviously they have that reputation because of the Nasser stuff. 
they had to act quickly. And I think maybe that's where we saw an overreaction. So honestly, they probably both like overreacted and underreacted. They just, they have done the wrong thing in my view at basically every turn. All right, listen, so again, pleasure meeting you. So glad to have you on here. Um, just trying to understand more of the, of the legal, you know, I guess side of this. It's phone sex. So, right, it's phone, like, so, like, let us call it what it is. I'm just trying to understand legally what, what what's the exact angle that, 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 that Brenda Tracy is accusing him of? Is it sexual? Is it as assault? Is it, like, I'm, I'm trying to understand what, what what's the actual thing? Because at the end of the day, it was a phone conversation. I'm not saying he wasn't wrong. I don't want the one coming out, you know. I'm not saying that, but it was a phone call and like all this is happening from a phone call. It just seems like a little bit of a, of a big overreaction in my opinion, but I could be wrong. Yeah. So it's interesting here, like whether or not that constitutes anything illegal because of the context of their relationship. So for example, if Brenda Tracy was an employee of Michigan state and Mel Tucker had phone sex with her, we would definitely be in the land of sexual harassment under Title VII. But she's not, right? She was a vendor. Mel Tucker has emphasized that she basically worked with Michigan State on one occasion. That was it. There's some question about whether they were trying to continue the vendor relationship, but she wasn't an employee, right? And that really changes it. This doesn't fall into the category of sexual harassment as you or I would understand sexual harassment. It's just completely out of that context. The, she has sort of made some noise that this might be like akin to sexual assault, but it's again for someone like Brenda Tracy, right, who was allegedly survived like very severe physical right. sexual assault. It's hard to see how like as gross as it would be to like be on a call with Mel Tucker as he jerked off. Like it's right. hard to see how that really rises to the level of sexual assault for which somebody could be prosecuted for a crime or for which somebody could bring a lawsuit for, you know, intentional infliction of emotional distress. There's just, there's a wide spectrum of sexual assault and this phone sex conversation that she described, whether or not she wanted to be on the phone or not, just seems to be on a pretty far end of the spectrum um, in the universe of what's possible there. Right, now, right, right. To get a I woman's know. point of view on this, I gotta ask you because I, I've, 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 uh, I was one of the first ones ever to have Brenda come speak to my kids, and then it, she wanted some money, and we fell out, and then she posted a tweet about me, and then I went after her, and then a whole another drama. So I know about this part. <laughs> yeah, there's a, a lot of history we have. I know a lot about her that she don't want me to know. Um, so she only speaks to boys and men. Um, she's only speaking to college football teams. She has seven, I think, ongoing accusations against seven different universities. Uh, Baylor, obviously, after the debacle there. Um, Oregon State, obviously, is where she was at when it started. I'm just wondering from a woman's standpoint, like, don't you see that something odd with that? If you're not teaching women how to kind of avoid this situation, why are you only speaking to men? Seems like a little thirsty. Uh, I'm just going to be honest, but I'm not going to dive too much into it. But as a woman, do you do you even think about that at all? Or are you just straight legality on what the, X, the X's and O's are, basically? Yeah. So I think from a woman's perspective, it's really hard. And, and from, you know, the perspective of someone who has been through the kind of trauma that she claims that she's been through, 
um, it's hard to really focus too much on female conduct because then it seems like, well, women have to do more and it's not, you know, it could be their fault if they get assaulted or raped or something. It's kind of like the, the, what were you wearing rhetoric, which, right. you know, nobody wants to, to be that person who asked that question, especially in this day and age, you know, these are the right. times where you just, you have to be really careful. Um, and I think honestly, she found a market, right? Like based on what happened to her, she decided to target college football programs and let's face it, like speaking to a bunch of sorority girls about how they should watch their drinks and make sure their skirts aren't too short is just not going to be, so it's not a moneymaker. Right. Now that's fair. That's true as well. Another question that, you know, I'm so glad I have a woman's perspective on here as well. When I was reading through like this case and all the information and, and, and the phone call and everything, to me, common sense tells me that if he's having phone sex you know, with her on this call, one would have to assume, and I know it's legally you can't assume, but I'm just speaking just from, we're hanging out on the porch having a conversation, a real conversation. One would have to assume that there had to be some sort of pre-existing relationship to garner him to feel comfortable to, to do this. Like, because I'm just trying to put myself in and just as a man. There's no way I'm just going to, one day I, I meet a woman you know, we worked together one time and now I call her and now I'm having phone sex with her and, and I'm telling her what I'm doing too. Like, like, it just doesn't make sense unless you two have already had some sort of existing relation, relationship beyond the professional. Am I crazy for, for thinking that? No, you're not. And there, there's a lot of evidence in this case that suggests that they had an ongoing, very friendly dynamic. He sent her money. I think he sent her a $200 Venmo at one point. Um, he sent her a pair of shoes. She told him her shoe size and her address in order to get that. There's a, there's just a whole body of evidence that suggests that this was an ongoing, friendly relationship. Friendly, if not more, um, for a very long time. And that that doesn't necessarily mean I, I want to be fair to her side as well. You, right. Can, right. you can be friendly with men. I'm friendly with a lot of men who I wouldn't want to hear jerk off on the phone, right? It's 100%. possible that they, <laughs> she was comfortable with him. He was comfortable with her. He maybe took it a step beyond the level that she was comfortable with. I don't know. It, it's hard to really assess credibility. It's weird, but this is definitely not just a random one-off where she got creepy vibes from him and, you know, tried to give him the Heisman early. This was ongoing. This was, a lot of this was consensual. The question is whether it was all consensual or whether it was consensual until it wasn't. And that's just, it's, it's harder to though make the argument that it wasn't consensual when you have, you know, tons of phone calls, tons of interactions, sending money, sending gifts that all were consensual, right? It's harder to then like say, Oh, but this part wasn't <laughs> right. Right. Wasn't, clearly was. And then it's like, it's like, how does one side even know when it's not, Unless you verbally say, "Hey, this is what," it, and I'm not, and I don't know if she did or not, but it just—it's so confusing for me. That's why I'm asking these questions. Like, it doesn't really yeah. make sense. And now, whatever side you're on, like this guy just lost his job. And let's be honest, let's be frank. I, I mean, I could argue his career is over because I don't know if another school is going to hire him now, especially as a head coach of a program. And it's just like, I mean, I—I I, I just like again. I'm not I, I'm not on one side or another. I'm not saying she's lying. I'm not saying nothing. But it just I just hope that she's telling the truth. I'll say that because if not, it it just sucks that this man's career 
is like now like potentially over, in my opinion. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. Michelle, I gotta ask you before you get out of here. I thank you so much for coming on. We have to have you on more. Um excuse <laughs> that. They've never seen a woman before. Um let me ask you something. Um, <laughs> I just had one question. Is this a fireable offense? So that depends on Mel Tucker's contract, right? Basically, there the university has cited two aspects of his contract, and his contract is unique, right? It's a $95 million contract, which means the university gets to have some expectations about how he behaves. This is not the same kind of contract that you or I would have for our employment. This is special because they're paying him, you know, a shit ton of money. But they've cited two provisions. One is a moral turpitude provision, which basically means don't do anything, you know, extremely messed up. And the other provision is don't do anything that's going to embarrass us. So those are kind of distinct. So on the moral turpitude part, the like, don't do anything really, really fucked up. That's harder to argue from their perspective because they knew about this in the spring and they didn't think it was so fucked up in the spring that they fired him then. Um, so it's, I think they're not super credible in saying that that is the reason they're actually firing him. But the don't embarrass us part, the part that says don't engage in any conduct that brings the university into disrespect or contempt, that part is murkier because this USA Today story is truly embarrassing for them. I mean, you guys are on Twitter. You've seen like the Tuck comment, the Mel Tucker jokes. Like this is, this has been embarrassing for Michigan State. Yeah. And Michigan State, because they pay them so much money, kind of has the right to say like, don't make us look bad. Don't embarrass us. Especially since we're in a, a university that has a history of covering for sexual predators. Like, don't do anything even close to that. So I would say under the contract, Michigan State University does have a case for terminating him for cause, but it's murky. And like I said, they've handled this badly. The timing has been bad. The decision-making has been bad. Not waiting to give him the hearing has been, in my view, a really, really bad choice on their part. So it's going to play out in court. Um, we'll see. Man. It's so tough because, like, I, one, I didn't even know that, that those were in the contract, but it's such a broad – those are broad, like, statements. Like, don't embarrass us. Like, like what does yeah, that mean? It's a little more technical than – it's it's slightly – Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm just saying, like, like regardless, it, it's just, like, there's no specifications of, like, okay, you can't do X, Y, Z. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. It just – it leaves it up for subjectivity, in my opinion. You know what I'm saying? So – Definitely subjective, right? Like morale clauses and everything. I, I understand. Yeah. I mean, you know, I had to sign them as a head coach. I had to sign them. I had then I had to have my assistant coaches sign them. Um, you know, there's certain, and then the head coach can give his assistants even stricter guidelines that you won't. You know, like I, I just can't be stricter than the university, but I can be. I can give you some things that I expect. Um, right. With everything he did, I got a few friends that coach there, and I'm like. To me, it's like, ah, it's unbelievable. But I'll leave you with this kicker that nobody really talks about. Just let's just say two years ago, he was at Colorado. He left overnight. And now look at the direction of Colorado and look at the direction of Michigan State. Wow. That's crazy. Uh... That's a mic drop right there, JB. That is a mic drop right there. But yeah, real quick, just for our people in our chat, who first time meeting you, myself, first time meeting you, um, just, you know, tell them 
your your Twitter name, like where they, where they can find you online. And um, like I said, I, I JB told me, told me about you obviously last night. I was going through all your videos, so I'm like, okay, like she got some great great ass content on here. I'm really like learning. I'm always a student on the show. You know, that's kind of the whole concept of our show. JB's the coach. I'm the former player, so I love just learning in general. So. Uh, and it's again, on the ticker, to, too. It's on the ticker. Her Twitter's on the ticker. So make sure you guys follow her. Yep. Yep. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I met uh, Michelle K4040 on Twitter. I love to talk about college football. Posted a couple thirst traps here and there, too. So. Oh, okay. Just a lawyer, just a mom, just having fun. Hey, I got to bring you on to talk some college football, though. Um, right. Sounds great. Thank you, guys. So much. Appreciate hey, it. Go, go kill it. I appreciate you um, coming on. We'll have to do it again. All right. Bye, guys. Thank you. Appreciate right, Michelle. you. Michelle Kirkpatrick, make sure you guys uh, follow her on Twitter. Make sure you check her out. She does a great job on Twitter, and she gives you all the insight. Um, smart and beautiful. Yes, she is, you fucking weirdo chat fuck. <laughs> you heard what she said, though. She said, Foot- I'm a football fan. I do thirst traps, and I give you education you get the three for one so make sure y'all follow her man uh that was great that was great our chat is crazy jb we got a crazy chat i blame you i blame you all the people that came to the show because of their love for me they're regular people the people that love jb i don't know man that little you got some crazy people in this chat jb yeah we might <laughs> we might it's some weirdo shit um <laughs> hey, I got to take a piss, let the dogs out. Yeah, let's take a four-minute break. I'm going to get me some coffee. Thank you, Michelle, Matt, for coming on. We got another hour left, y'all. We got a lot to discuss, NFL, college football, and some other things. So stay tuned, and um, we will see you in about four minutes. Peace. Here's the reason why it was the best football game of the weekend or of the year so far. The best football game of the year so far is because there was controversy. There was shit talking. There was animosity. There was was a lot of shit going on. There was a lot of shit going on that stirred up this game. And it turned it into an event. See, football games are an event, not a game. Basketball is a game. Baseballs are games. They play every other day. They play back-to-backs. Football is an event. Every Saturday, football is held once a week, and it's an event. Everybody comes out, tailgates. It's an event. They do fireworks. It's an event. Everything happens at football games as an event. So the Colorado-Colorado State game, the ticket sales were event-priced, just like a concert, right, or an event. Sold out. People stayed up till 2, 3 in the morning on the East Coast to watch the game. They did. And you never ever would have heard of a cat staying up for a Colorado-Colorado State game on the East Coast, right? Mm-hmm. So all the stuff that Dion brought in there and they the, the, the college game day, The Rock and McAfee and all these different things, Little Wayne and all the, 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 the shit that, that, that has gone on, Master P on the sideline and, and Kawhi Leonard and you Cameron. It's an event, right? That's not a normal game. That's an event. Um, I said it was the best football game of the weekend or of the year because of that being allowed. The shit talking, the animosity, the actual game itself had real contact, hard hitting, 
real animosity in the game. Like there was real back and forth. That wasn't no regular jersey swap. I don't believe there was a jersey swap after that game. I don't believe there was a jersey swap before the game. I don't believe cats were talking before the game. There's two reasons why this is. A, there's no real Colorado folks on the Colorado team. Most did. Well, here, here's my take. First of all, I, if I'm Colorado, I do not want that dude to get ejected because now I'm headhunting thing. I'm headhunting that motherfucker the rest of the game. Yeah, I feel about it. Yes. I'm like, why does everybody want him ejected? I want him out. Yeah, yeah. Fuck ejecting this guy. Look, look, don't eject him. Absolutely not. No, 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 no. Because at the end of the game, guess what happened? Football karma bit his ass at the end of the game, and he got the fucking touchdown by Horn. So you don't know. Don't kick him out. That's I don't want him out of the game. I want to. I want to walk into the huddle and go. Did you see what Eleven just did to Travis Hunter? We are going to fuck him up. It's yeah. on. That's, that's it. it. Like that's what it should have been. Now, right over. Was was the hit? Was the hit malicious? Was the hit yeah, intentional? The hit all that probably. But the, the, that, yeah, was yeah. A, that was a normal play, Matt. Growing up with you and I, that exactly. was a normal football play. When I say dirty, I'm not saying bad. Look, I'm a buff, bro. Did I like seeing Travis Hunter get hurt like that? Absolutely not. Am I siding with Blackburn? Fuck no. I, it pissed me off at the game. It pisses me off now. If I was on the field at that point and I was playing offensive line, I played defense when I was at Colorado and my first two years in the league, so I, I wasn't on offense. But if, you know, the whole, you know, Royal Wee whatnot, I probably I'm kind of angry at the offensive line for not being there with their quarterback. That really pissed me off more than maybe the hit. The hit, I understand. I totally understand it. I don't know how many fucking times in my life I've had a coach walk up to me or walk up to the group of defensive players and say, if fucking Adrian Peterson isn't here in the in the third quarter and we hit him hard enough and he's out of the game, he can't go for 240 and four tutties in the fucking Big 12 title game against us. If Vince Young is out of the game, we keep hitting this motherfucker in the face. He can't run all over the field and make everybody look like average athletes while he's giving you the finger running into the, into the, in the end zone. You can't do shit about it. So I guarantee you, Jay Norvell and, and the entire team, they were out there to maliciously play. And I know that because they had 24 penalties or some stupid shit. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah. What up, what up, what up? Hey, that commercial just stopped out of nowhere, boy. I, I, I need a little. Was it playing? It was. Yeah, it was playing. I need a heads up or something. That boy just stopped. I could have been over here. I could have been over hey, here. I didn't, hey, I didn't even. What was you jacking it off? I could have been over here getting my Mel Tucker on. I could have been with the wifey. I had to tell him what was going on, boy. You gotta be. Hey, you never know what's gonna happen on this show. You gotta be ready at all times, man. And so much you gotta be ready for at all times is breaking news. Cause we always gonna bring you the breaking news, man. If you haven't seen it yet. Let me tell you right now, the Browns and Kareem Hunt are having a reunion. One-year deal. He's returning um, back with the Browns. Should be really, really good. And uh, I just got some meat. I got some good stuff on my phone right now. I'm going to keep that to myself. But it's made my day. And um... <laughs> hey, so wait hey, up. Live it today, y'all. Live it today, baby. So he's he's with the Browns. He's with the Browns. He's back with the Browns. We know uh, uh, Chubb had that horrific injury. He's definitely out for the year. 
They need a running back. Kareem Hunt, all he knows the system was really good while he was there, where he understands his off-the-field um, stuff, and that could play a role as to why he hasn't been picked up yet. But on the field, man, I played against Kareem Hutton in college. He went to Toledo. Uh, my junior year, I played against him. Met him during, like, the, the, the preseason MAC conference. He was a captain for his team. I was captain for my team. A um, little bit of a knucklehead. But on the field, man, he's a, he's a bad man. And um, if he's focused, if he's in shape. And I think this makes sense. It's a really smart pickup. And I think, again, with the way Deshaun Watson's looking right now, too, if the Browns want to have a chance of making the playoffs, having a run, they're going to need a strong running game to bounce out that offense and make it easier for Deshaun Watson um, and, and not make it so one-sided offensively. So I think it's a good pickup, JB. Nah, it is. He's been there before. Um, you know, we already know what he did off the field. I mean, he's had issues. There's a lot of guys out there like that. So just further proving, like, hey, we, we need players. NFL is about production, not about character. <laughs> Let's be honest. Let's be real. Hey, they, they've shown it for years and years and years. We've seen all types of people and get chance after chance after chance because they can play. So it's what it is. I'm not surprised at all. So, But, JB, man, hey, I want to do another him versus him defensive line edition. Just me and you. Can we do that real quick? Or are you scared? Oh, yeah. But before we do that, can I just ask you, dog, we've been holding off on it. I got to be honest. We've been holding off on this shit. It's starting to get weird. Okay, talk to me. I got to ask you what's going on with this. <laughs> what's going on with this cat, dog? Why Why he tagging LeBron? LeBron? He's tagging LeBron James. He's tagging. He, he, he lost his mind, I think, dog. He looks skinny, too. Like, skinnier than usual. Yeah, Kodak Black. He tagging Kodak Black. Like... That's What's Kodak that? and Lamar. That's Lamar uh, Instagram under that. Yeah, dog. What's going on with him? Why are the Raiders not playing him? And look, I mean, sums up, sums up. I mean, he got Man. some AB vibe. He got some AB vibe, dog. I tried to play, uh, stay out of this. He got some AB vibes now. I don't know what's happening. But Bro, the whole situation is weird, man. It's just crazy because I've never heard is anything. Is he raining right now or not? I don't know. You said is it raining right now? Is he a Raider or no? I think contractually he is, I think. So he's not on the roster? Well, I don't get I don't know the situation. I'm trying to figure this out. I don't understand, bro. I don't understand all like the contract situation. All I know is for weeks he's been talking about he's been on Twitter going on rant saying that they're not allowing him into the facility. He has to go work out at an LA fitness. And he's talking about he knows the real truth and the real reason why they're why they're doing all this. He's claiming that he's apparently adopted or raised some child that's not his. Um, and the way he worded it was as if there's some type of higher up within the Raiders organizations that's been potentially molesting some, some this kid and Chandler Jones found out about it. And that's the reason why they're keeping him out the, the facilities. And then he's posting, posting these weird videos. Like, I don't know, man. I, I, I hate to, again, this is a slippery topic because it's like, I don't have all the details, but I mean, all this information is coming off. He's just acting. This is strange behavior, man. This is weird. Um, even some of his, his his tweets are like incomplete thoughts. I hope he's not on drugs, and that's what it is. But man, it's it's um 
it's look it's looking crazy right now. I'm gonna keep my eyes to it and keep learning as much as I can. I just pray that he's okay because I never really heard anything wild about Chandler Jones. You know what I'm saying? Like usually he just comes in, gives you 14 and a half sacks and moves on, and he's good, he's good to go. But right now, man, it's looking like he might be dealing with some some actual serious issues. So I pray that if he is, that his family, John Jones, his, his other brother, Arthur Jones, I think he's playing the league, somebody, go check on him, go give him the help he needs if he needs help. And then on the flip side, if what he's alleging is true, we need to figure that out too. So the whole situation is crazy to me, JB. I ain't going to lie to you. There's obviously something that the team just don't sit you. Right, 100%. They definitely don't allow you to just start throwing their name out there unless they know that something's wrong and that yeah. they know that they're in the clear. Raiders must know there's nothing on us. And they're not even acknowledging it. Like they're I, not I, saying I'm anything about it. <laughs> that's why that's why I'm saying I think it looks like the kids screwed up, dog. Dang, man. That's wild, man. So I mean, hey, I'm sure hey, at some point we'll hear more, we'll know more, but the whole situation is definitely strange, JB. To say, hey, the before we get into him versus him, though, what are you thinking about this uh, XFL, NFL, XFL, USFL merger? That's hey, it's actually big, man. Um, I, I think it's, it makes sense. It's gonna make it bigger. You're gonna have more teams. You have a bigger, you know, pool of players. Obviously, because you're merging them together operationally. You know, you can put in your, your thoughts and funding and everything together. And this is, I think, it's gonna be dope. This is Fox and basically ESPN. Shaking hands right now, you know what I'm saying? Uh, because if, if I'm not mistaken, I think XFL is a ESPN based, uh, or at least they have a contract, I think, with them where they show their games. I know USFL is he- that's heavily Fox, like we like that was a huge deal for us last year. So apparently, if, if they're coming together, I think that can be a very huge thing, and uh, uh, I, I think it'd be a benefit to the league, the players, and it'll make it more interesting. So Hey, Cliff Twaddle said, my real name's not Cliff. JB keeps blocking me. Well, block your motherfucking ass again. Bye. Um, anyway, <laughs> so I'm trying to figure out. What's on your mind? Are they going to play? How many teams are you going to have? Uh, there's not. So are they expanding the league and all the teams are in this one gigantic league? Or how are you going to fit all these players on well, one team? Well, we don't have we don't have the details yet because it's not official yet. I think it's just they're in, they're in talks and they're saying it could become official as early as this week. So once it's official, we'll know all the, the exactly what it is, how they're doing operationally. I'm just saying that face value, I think it just makes sense. You got two smaller leagues that, you know, in year one or whatever, like, the fan base, you know, wasn't wasn't that much. They didn't have a lot of people coming to the games. A lot of people were not actually watching the games on TV. So I think you come together, you know, I think it just makes the whole thing bigger. It makes the product better. Um, whatever, however way they do it, it can only be a benefit in my opinion. So that's why I'm just saying I think I think it'll be dope to see it. Uh, but again, let's see it, let's see it happen first, and then we can go from there. But I do want to do him versus him, JB, man. You keep, you, you know, we delayed it. We pushed it back. I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> uh, hey, y'all, y'all know Jamie do that all the time. Hey, I be in my bag. I be in my zone. Like, all right, y'all, next up. Oh, before you do that, I'm like, ah, damn, JB. Him versus him. Brought to you by Prize Picks. Yes, go sir. Go make your picks right now. Put that banner back up, JB. We're doing a defensive line edition today. We're bringing the dogs out. Him versus him, JB. My guy, 
Dwight Freedy versus Julius Peppers. Who you going with? I'm a Peppers guy. I, Freeney had the motor. Freeney wasn't the Peppers a little bigger, a little longer. Um, uh, Pepper was a freak. Uh, man, Freeney just had a motor. Who played longer? Ooh, that's a good question, man. I, I'm, let me look it up real quick. You know, Dwight Freeney got that famous uh, chop spin that was unblockable. Then he hit you with that speed to power. Dwight played 16 years. And then uh, my guy Julius Peppers played 17 years. So, hey, this one like one year part. I, I um, got one story. I got into a preseason game one time. Julius Peppers was, I want to say, a rookie. And I took a three-step drop, and he was past me um, before I got to the top of my third step. He so must that's have jumped a snap count. I, I've told that story. It's in my book. So I took a three-step drop under center, and he was already past me. But you know what my slow ass did? I stepped up in the pocket. Of course. <laughs> but I'm just telling you, I knew the speed was just a different animal. Yeah. So that's why it was unbelievable. But yeah, that's what. See, nowadays though, you got motherfuckers that are thinking they're the same athlete. Now they just escape the pocket, run around. Nah, I climbed my slow ass up, fucking threw a hitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, you ain't hitting my ass, and I'm not running. I respect that, man. So, y'all know I'm biased. I'm going with Dwight Freeney. Dwight Freeney was one of the reasons why I fell in love with football. He was my favorite deepest line. I, like homework homework I like Julius Peppers, too, though. Like, I'm just saying, but Dwight Freeney, bro, was amazing, man. Like, that 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 combination of him and, and Robert Mathis playing together on the edges, it was unblockable. The chop spin move was so incredible and then you so worried about the spin move that he hit you with the speed to power is now you can do it but here you go here you go oh, I got some goddamn welding glasses right here fuck it i can't oh, oh, see oh. nothing by the way i can't see you it looked clear but i cannot see shit they're so goddamn dirty uh of I got course you got them on dog. shit jb is a boy he a welder he's a fucking construction worker Short, fat, skinny, and tall. But damn, these are sexy welder guys. These are for like when I grind, grind, I cut shit. You know what I'm saying? I, I do it all, Big Smitty. I just put a whole wall up behind my TV. No. Ladies, 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 let's know, let us know in the chat right now. Do y'all like the glasses on JB? Keep it real. Keep it Keep real, it ladies. Real. That's a little sexy look a little bit. You know what I'm saying? I might have to fuck with these. Ladies, yay or nay, let us know. I know there's some ladies in the chat. It might be all fellas in here today. Jada, I ain't seen Chris. I ain't seen. I ain't seen nobody. Have you? Man, I ain't seen Chris in weeks. I ain't seen. I ain't seen. Yeah, Jada. I ain't seen Jada Benz. I ain't seen Lu Lucy. Used to love me. She don't like me no more. I ain't seen Lucy in a minute. I see nah, some dudes they, in they, here. They, they, they're in the Discord, like right now. They don't like us though, bro. I don't think they. I don't think they like us no more. I, I must have said something, or you must have said something. Hey, I'm a homer. I got a homer glasses on. I'm gonna talk about what. Just throw something out there. Pitbulls are the best dog of all time. <laughs> God damn, homie. Like Homer's glass is like a motherfucker. I got to go with the white free knee. <laughs> uh, hey, somebody <laughs> check. Let me ask you something. Yeah. Bob Sanders, Ed Reed. In a prom? God damn, take these motherfucking glasses off. In a prom, JV, JV. I'm saying, you said Bob Sanders at his best, Ed Reed at his best. 
for one game. I, I'm just saying. Bob, Google him. Bob Sam was 5'8", all muscle, hitting shit, hitting everything. You talking about a dog? Bob Sam was a dog. The only thing that messed him up was injuries. Now, obviously, y'all, I'm playing every all-time great, arguably best safety of all time. Of course, you're going to add a read. But I'm saying Bob Sam, his playing style, he wasn't the guy that was known for getting all the picks. I was just messing around. I, I he going to come down and smack you. I'm telling you. I can't believe you're debating it. You got to I'm not debating. Ball. We know it's Ed Reed. Stop playing, but we're going to show Bob Sanders some love because he never gets love. No I one ever talks about Bob Sanders. Call. I can throw out any call. Uh, Philip Rivers, one year, Peyton Manning in Denver. All right, <laughs> stop playing with me. <laughs> you know, Peyton Manning's a, he's a legend. It's like asking Matt about Colorado. You motherfuckers are goddamn. You got to take off the homer's glasses sometimes. Well, hold on. You act so – is it crazy to pick Dwight Freeman over Julius Peppers? Even you, you you ain't made your, you ain't made your pick yet. Motherfucker, you said, man, this is tough. I don't know how many years they play. So the fact that you have to do all that, that tells me that Dwight Freeman is in the conversation and it's a it's a pick em. You can pick either one. I'm not crazy for going with Dwight. The chop spin moves one of the best D-line moves of all time. And the way he executed it, it was flawless. Google it. Him versus him. Bruce Smith versus Reggie White. Oh. <laughs> See, now that's a debate. Like, that is something you could, you know. I'm going with Bruce Smith. The man had 200 sacks. But Reggie White, I think, had what? Was it 198? Let me look it up real quick. Let me see. Reggie White total sacks. Look, I'm going to – the reason I'm going with the minister of defense is for the simple fact that he was uh, – now, Bruce is a grown – these are grown men we're talking about. We don't see these type of players on, anymore. Mm. These guys were uh, – the minister airlifted Larry Allen, probably the best guard of all time. Um, you can't do what he did. And uh, two greats, man. I, I'm going to have to go with Reggie White uh, just because he was a little more of a wrecking ball at times. Uh, Bruce Smith, you, you'd move him out and play the edge, and you can you could do some things with him. Reggie could play inside, outside, all around. Uh, he, he was unbelievable. Derek Walker said Munoz. Well, Munoz didn't play D-line, but thanks for the conversation piece. Um, I just... I, I'm gonna go Reggie White. That's tough right there. Hey, you you very rarely can stump Coach JB, but right there, I had you stump right there, man. But two legends right there in the game who I would love to meet. All right, next one, man. We're going to the brothers, not the brothers, the brothers, E R S at the end. Him versus him, JJ Watt versus TJ Watt. JJ. That easily, huh? Yeah. So you know what? Like obviously we look TJ's still playing, so we can't do career versus career. JJ had three defensive players of the year. He had a five-year span where it was like incredible. Now, if you ask me this though, you ask me who was who's more talented. I, I think I would go lean towards TJ. Honestly, if I'm being maybe, honest. Maybe, maybe. But it's so close, and obviously TJ's still playing. I think I, I agree with you on this, but I would love let, – let's see T.J. Watt's career play out, and let's see. Let's just see it play out, man. Either way, those are two monsters right there on the field. And to be brothers and for both of y'all to be 
top, you know, top notch at what you do, same position. That's incredible, man. So let me ask you this: them versus them. Uh, the Kelsey brothers or the Watt brothers? That's tough right there. I'm talking about all time, just great. I'm trying to take my homer glasses off because, like, my, my heart is going to go with D-line, man. Just, that's just what I do. But I'm going to try to take the homer shades off and just think through. Kelsey might go down, arguably, as the greatest tight end of all time, arguably. And if he's not number one, you could probably w argue top five. The question are is – brother are all four Hall of Famers? Because, you, well, you, yeah, they all, they all going to be Hall of Famers. The thing about it, though – Kelsey I'm going to go with the Kelsey's. Let me tell you why, JB. I'm going to go with the Kelsey's. They got rings. They got rings, number one. Number two, you can make the argument when they both retire, you can make the argument that they're both top ten in their position. Maybe top five. You can argue that. I don't know Ooh. if I can argue that JJ and TJ will be top five or top ten in their, in their position. So I think when you think of it that way, and then they got the ring factor as well. I think you got to go with the Kelsey's, honestly. Kelsey's have had less injuries. They're available more. If I'm a fan and I'm a voter, I'm voting for the Kelsey's for the simple fact that they gave me more product to watch than the other two. The other two have been hurt a lot, man. They have. They have, but they play different position. Well, no, nah, I guess not. Not not Jason Kelsey, obviously. He play, he's playing on the line, so – now I feel you. I mean, the injuries, the hey, that's kind of I like this angle the most. You turn some music on in the background, JB. Turn some music on real quick. I got and some music. Turn some music on real quick so we can see it. It's like a music video almost. I kind of like that angle. I ain't gonna lie to you. Here we go. West Coast, West Coast, where we do the most. The real West Coast? Big Smitty and JB. What we have right here is brought to you by... Hey, who does this look like? The golden motherfuckers in the Jason Brown and Big Smitty. Here live from the Slap Big Studio. Put your stomach shades on, grab your woman, grab your gun with your other hand, and get ready to ride. But we got to go on a roller coaster right now. All I know is hustle. All I know is grind. We the West Coast, baby. From Compton to Watt to Slauson. All right. <laughs> hey, we going to go crazy right there. Speaking of, speaking of that, speaking of that, sea walking. I got it. I got it. We'll get back to him and him, dog. But what? This is why these youngsters are super ignorant. Man, hey, let, let, let go. This, this is my social update. Can we go to social update then? We're going to break. I know what you're about to do. This is my social update. We might as well go to that segment right now because you're you about to do it. Social update number one. I know what you're talking about. Monday night football game, y'all. Saints wide receiver Michael Thomas and Panthers defense alignment Derek Brown. Got into it in the tunnel, and y'all got to hear what Michael Thomas claimed and said to him when he was walking back. Play the video, JB. Play it again from the beginning. They didn't hear it. 
It won't play. Hey, Ethan, can you play it? Because I can't fucking play nothing, man. It's play- it was playing. I keep stopping for some reason. Well, if you guys can hear what he's saying, that's Michael Thomas yelling out West Side Crip Game. It, it won't play on my end. Ethan, I don't know if you can play it. Um, West Side Crip Game. Huh, let me ask you this. Is Michael Thomas, first of all, is he from out here? I didn't know he was from out here. Michael Thomas? Uh, I, you know no, what? I, I think I, he I, is. Because you know, he, no, he is. Because he, my homeboy who used to work at Fox, they went to high school together. He went to, um, ah, what high school did Michael Thomas go to? He is from out here. Ah, he's from L.A. Yeah, out here. I'm in L.A. Oh, yeah, I told you yesterday he's from L.A. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's from, okay, okay, yeah. So, you know what? And, Jamie, please educate me. I've met some people who are not actual Crips or Bloods or whatever, but the neighborhoods that they grew up in and people they're affiliated with was a Crip neighborhood or a Blood neighborhood. So they're they're affiliated with those crews. And I don't know, do you get a pass to be able to claim it because you're in a neighborhood? I don't know all the rules. We don't have gangs in Indianapolis. We got groups and, and streets and hoods, but we don't have gangs. But if you're from a certain, like, if I grew up in a Crip neighborhood, am I, do I get a pass to kind of claim Crip? Is that is that how it works? First of all, I'm going to be clear on where Michael Thomas, like, so my buddy, my buddy coached him at the time. He was at Taft High School. Taft is in the Valley in L.A., all right? Mm-hmm. It's out in the Valley. Um it's past Hollywood. It's out there, you know, in the Valley. It's so hard. Like, everybody has L.A. ties. Ice Cube had L.A. ties. But guess what? That's the same high school Dr. Dre and Ice Cube went to. Taft. Mm. They went to Taft High School. It's out in the fucking way out in the sticks, right? right. Going towards Calabasas, Woodland Hills. It's actually in Woodland Hills, uh, Canoga Park, whatever it is. Uh, Chris is in here. She'll know. I I, I want to say it's Woodland Hills, but... My buddy was the head coach during Michael Thomas's era, and he ain't gang banging. <laughs> like, let, let, come on, man, he not gang banging. Let's be real. Taft hasn't been relevant in a long time. Taft used to be a powerhouse. Taft was really, really good. Uh, Urban Meyer hired the head coach from Taft at the time. Took him to Florida with Chris Leak. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he ain't gang. <laughs> <laughs> but like so something happened something happened in the conversation of them going in the locker room and then this guy's going to trigger and say some shit where he heard his homies that he probably grew up around in the family neighborhood in la he probably grew up in la so then he but he was bust out to taft so right. all of his homies and real family probably grew up in it and so you but say be real jb I, i've seen other athletes who they ain't no real game bangers, but they might throw up crip after, after you know making a play or throw up blood or whatever it is, and don't nobody say that. Don't nobody check them because it's like oh, okay, they're family like, or, or they're affiliated. Right, they're affiliated. Like that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like yeah, that's you know. So who knows, right. man? I'm sure he got a cousin or something. But let's be honest. You will also know. Here we go, Ethan. Let's hear the whole thing. Let me let me break this down. 
the gangsters that I know, Smitty, is saying West Side Crip Gang and walking towards the motherfucker, not backpedaling. <laughs> Those are the gangsters that I know. Somebody, and, said, somebody said Michael was running a curl route to perfection. And the motherfucker chasing him down, it's, they call him a bitch-made motherfucker? It looked like he was the aggressor, and the motherfucker claiming a hood as he backpedals was not. And that's the shit that I hate, because then you see these rappers and these athletes actually go out here and get shot in the neighborhood because they think they're something they're not, and then we see these young kids doing all this shit. So I'm like, come on, man. This shit is crazy to me, dog. I'm like, stop. Stop it. Like, right. and, and I don't know if you know, but Derek is from Compton. Oh, Derrick Brown, he's actually from Compton? Hell yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Now and now his sense. family is some gangsters. So oh, there's two see, parts. Now, now, now it all kind of makes sense. Now that's probably why Michael was saying that shit, trying to be, trying to, he probably knew, you know what I mean, but from Compton. And we also didn't hear what was said before. Maybe, maybe Derek's, you know, threw his hood out, threw, you know, maybe he blew, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to guess. But maybe he threw out something first, and then Michael Thomas responded, and that's what it was. But, hey, man, listen, if you ain't really about that, man, just relax. You know what I mean? Hey, and you a wide receiver. receiver. Hey, listen, my, I'm out there all the time. My cousin owns a big chiropractic student, uh, uh, a whole complex right up the street from Taft. I've been out there, you know, my whole life seeing him uh, called the Warner Center, Topanga Canyon. This is a prominent Big time, bougie, big money area. This is Calabasas, Smitty, where all the stars live. Woodland Hills, fucking Canoga Park. You don't get to the hood until you go past all that shit and get out to like fucking uh, Pacoima and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, right, right. These are like big time areas. No goddamn gangbanging going on in damn Woodland Hills. So, like, it's just like, come on, man. Leave football and sports to what it is, and you let the gangbangers gangbang. <laughs> I, I just—it's a bad look to me. You know, I hear you. You know, I hear you. I don't think you know. He probably this is you know in the moment and <laughs> had to say something. I don't know. Somebody said Derrick Brown is from the South, not L.A. So I don't know. I I didn't look it up. So I don't know. I don't know where he. I don't, I, I don't know the guy. Period. I didn't never really watch him play, so I didn't know who he was before this clip. So. Who knows where he's from? But uh, that was an interesting clip, though. Um, I do want to move on since we... Huh? Talk to me. Social update, man. We already here, man. For the people who just now joined, social update, new daily segment we're going to do. Uh, running through some of the newsworthy topics that we see from social media. Um, I'll get back to him versus him uh, before the show ends. And we got a few more. I'll end, that, uh, end with those. But... Um, some other news, man. Uh, and we didn't get a chance to talk about this yesterday, so we might not have the graphic, but we don't need the graphic. Miami's lockdown corner, Xavier Howard, uh, re- reportedly has four women pregnant at the same damn time, simultaneously. <laughs> there, he got four women, bang, 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 at the same time, JB. Now, I don't know if it's factual yet or not, but I saw one of the Women who's pregnant with his baby came out and was showing like text messages and proving and all you know that it is true. What is this your take on this, JB? Assuming this is true, what is your take on it? This is wild right here. Like this is 
Like, put a condom on, brother. What is you doing? Like, he just is it real? There's no way to confirm it yet. He hasn't. I haven't heard him say anything as far as speaking out. Um, so it's hard. It's hard to confirm for sure if it's if it's true or not. But if it is real, this brother got to learn how to pull out, put a condom on, and relax. I, let's be real, man. These pro athletes, they be out here living their lives, and I'm not gonna judge them. They get a lot of access that the common folk may not have. But with that lifestyle, you have to be responsible in how you move. And if you got four women pregnant at the same time, that means, brother, you just shooting, you're not missing, and you don't even care about it. So, like, I don't know, man. That shit, if it's true, JB, that's nuts. That's nuts. Let me ask you, though, who, who, who volunteers this information, though? Like, We've been seeing a lot of females cloud chase. We got the Brenda Tracy issue with Mel Tucker right now. We've seen a lot of this type of situation. Kobe Bryant went through it. Athletes go through it every day. Who's voluntarily giving this information up? Because to me, it sounds like, all right, if you know anything about Howard, he's a captain on the Dolphins defense. He wears the C. Um, he's been a guy that's pretty much been decent character. I don't think he's had any issues. Nah, nope. No um, so now he has this. And listen, two things undefeated we always talk about, right? Uh, yep. So how does this information get out there? Unless he puts it out there or, which I don't see him doing, he's not no, going to volunteer and say, you know what, I got four uh, girls pregnant right now. <laughs> so <laughs> someone leaked it or a female came out and said it. It has to be, right? It looks like a uh, female came out and said something based upon what I saw the other day. It was like some type of tweets, and it was showing that how she found out that he had other uh, women pregnant, and somehow the women connected, and, and they just found out it was four of them. So, so it's supposedly. the number, it's the female that thought she was his main girl is who sounds like one came out to say this. That's what it sounds like, JB. Based upon information that I've seen and searched online. So we'll see again. I I, I don't like to put stuff out there or say, you know, say stuff that it might not, it might not be true. All I'm doing is bring you the social update and what's trending online and you give your opinion on it the way you want to give it. And uh, brother, Hey, if it is true, take care of your business. That's that's four babies coming soon. I mean, we got all kinds of shit cracking now. We got all this shit out there, out there. There's, 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 there's the, the C. 19 there's the yeah malaria there's all this new shit coming back in and we're just out here unstrapped up with randoms huh yeah with jb that that ain't nothing new that ain't nothing that new ain't, at all it ain't nothing new i'm <laughs> saying now that all we just went through a lockdown and all this shit like you think that i ain't never hey i'm gonna be real with you i heard a lot but i never heard that you can pass that 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 c19 through, through sex, I ain't never heard that one. <laughs> yeah, you get the flu through sex. Why not? Hey, bro, how you get that? How you how you get that C nineteen, man? Oh, Shorty was riding me last night, brother. And hey, if she if she got it, and you get you getting it. What do you mean? You got a mask on. Oh yeah, that helped. <laughs> you know, Labia got a mask. Shit. Oh man, it's Wednesday. We already getting crazy, man. Pound that like button. We got a mask. <laughs> we have seven hundred likes right now, y'all, man. Pound that like button. He don't have buddy. a mask. That's the cold part. He don't have a mask, a helmet, condom, uh, <laughs> nothing. 
Right, he ain't wearing nothing, bro. He ain't got no uh wrist tape. He ain't got no type of. He don't wear seat belts when he's driving. He don't do nothing that that's protective. <laughs> I love I, it, man. It's crazy to me. I don't get it. Uh, Some other big news though, uh, for for, for all the the people who care about this type of stuff. OBJ and Kim K have reportedly been hanging out. JB, that's right, man. They've been hanging out. There's reports that that they may be seeing each other they were both seen at michael rubin's july 4th all-white party which is where people are assuming that's where they might have connected so uh obj brady and kim k i guess they fell off i guess they didn't you know i guess they tried it out and i guess the goat has certain standards that she didn't uh uh upheld to and now she's moving on to obj potentially Allegedly, so, 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 wait up, so, so Kim K was like, I, I'm gonna try the white boy and I'm not feeling it. I'm going go back to a brother, yeah, because he tried a white boy way back in the days. Um, who was it? It was a dude who played for the Nets years ago. This was before she was like real, real, real big time. But for, since then, it's been brothers, 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 brothers. Now, she did, you know, have a little two month little thing with, with Buddy from Saturday Night Live or whatever. That, that was just some little fun stuff. But she really been with the brothers. I think she fuck with anything, dog. She, she, man, that's she disgusts me. I'm be real. I don't know nothing about her, but she never did it for me. I don't do the fake butt, fake booty, and all that. I don't do it. Um, and then the shit that she's done, I, I'm good. Like she don't to do it for me. Like she's I was billionaire. She a billionaire, JB. She call yeah, it what you want. She a hustler, man. She's built it up. You might not, you might not like how she did it or whatever. But to go from to go from whatever you was to a billionaire with a B. That says a lot. Me and you just trying to get a million real quick on the show. That's all we trying to do. They yeah, got a like, If I was chasing money, I would, I could have been with a few millionaire bras by now. Not no billionaire with a B. Yeah, but it don't matter. If I'm unhappy, I'm good. What am I going to do? Give me a billion dollars. So you're a billionaire. I ain't. Well, you're going to marry her and then divorce her and, and, and you're not signing a prenup. You're going to get her money now. She nah, have to pay you. She have to pay you 300000 a month in alimony. We got we got a little question, Jim Brian. Is it Breen or Brian? Uh, I'm gonna say it's Brian. What's up, Jim? What's up, JB? Coach and Smitty, do you think the UT Vols can make a college football run? No, I do not. Um, they sorry, will not. Tennessee's not very good. They already lost to Florida, brother. I don't know if you saw that last week. They're done. They're done already. So they're yeah. done. They're out of the mix. They're not gonna. That's clearly the a team that's gonna lose multiple games this year. Uh, the quarterback's not very consistent. Um, see, all this athleticism and the big arm talent and all this shit you guys get enamored with is not what it takes to win football games. <laughs> I'm sorry. Stop looking at all these freaks running around and Josh Allen and Justin Fields. They're pretty. They're pretty. They're like the girl you want to take to the prom. You, you want to get out the car and roll up. You want to get out the car and get your shades on, sun and glass. Pop out, bad one pops out. Everybody's like, damn, JB got the bad one. And then the motherfucker, she smelled like Badussy. Like, <laughs> that's the bottom line. So that's the quarterback position right now, JB. I, I think the slow ass motherfucking methodical just. <laughs> hey, and just picking your ass apart, getting the ball out. Darnell coming right up to me, and I'm just and you wasting your energy. You gotta go back to the line screaming like, damn, I almost had him sacked. Come on again, bleep. I, dog, I take that motherfucker all day long. 
JB said, I want consistency. I want a good-looking woman. She ain't got to be the baddest one. Good-looking. She's loyal. She's always going to be there. I know what she's going to bring to the table each and every day. She's going to make smart decisions. She's going to put me first. That's what he wants. He don't want the baddie who's dumb as hell, ain't really doing anything for herself. You don't know what you're going to get from her from day to day. Same thing with his quarterback, y'all. It's a direct correlation, y'all. Direct correlation. And here's the thing about it. I want to get off this subject, but I see everybody's like the 12-game playoff can't come soon enough. Dog, that shit is going to be horrible. That is the worst decision they could have ever made. All it is is bad football that you've already seen all, all year long. Why do you want to see 12 playoff teams? <laughs> but all it is what? Like one extra round or two extra rounds of playoffs? I ain't really mad about matter. that. Why? Just have bowl games, dog. I miss the old school. I'm just telling you, I miss when bowl games mattered. I miss when bowl games were legit. Filled out Rose Bowl. Filled out Orange Bowl. Fucking Citrus Bowl. Fucking Sugar Bowl. I miss that shit. This shit is garbage. These, well, these the problem is, JB, no, nobody cares about them no more. I, I When I was growing up, all the oh. bowl game, it was like a big, if you made a bowl game, it was like, oh, damn. Hey, all right. I, I didn't say that. I didn't say that th- that's not the reason. I'm just saying I missed those days. Like, yeah, and no, I was garbage. good, but yeah. It's garbage now. I'm just telling you, it's garbage. All they care now for is the natty. We don't need more bad football teams playing in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, like, no, I feel you. I mean, it, it, it's like, it's it's crazy to me. Like, why? But why are we assuming it's going to be bad football? It's going to be the top 12 teams in the nation. It should be I some guarantee top you the top 12 teams in the nation. The odds of them playing, having possibly played already, or across, or at least a common opponent has happened already, and then you're going to be like, "All right, so I got, I'm going to watch the 12 seed Utah Utes go play fucking whatever the two seed is or whoever, because the one will get a buy. I think is why they say it's going to happen. Yep. So it's like, come on, man, this is going to be the most watered down product you've ever seen if you think it's bad now wait till this 12 game playoff is the absolute joke man that's real man that's real my man jim Brown, man if y'all want your questions answer man do what he's doing i love this guy jim good dude question for smitty favorite moment as a ball state colonel love this show great question man it's really hard to pick one jim but one moment i think a moment that comes to the top of my brain here who cares? It's JB show. Um, I'm here to talk about uh... <laughs> the disrespect, y'all, man. You got to love the disrespect. It's like me talking about Fort Hay State. Who gives a shit? One of my best moments, uh, one of my favorite moments that comes to my mind was uh, last game of my sophomore season. Uh, I was It was like a third down play. We're playing against Miami of Ohio, who was literally horrible that year. They were 0-11. They won no games that year. So it's the last game. They're ready to just get out of Dodge. It's senior night, I think, or senior day, I think, for us. We're balling. Everybody's balling and making plays. So my guy, Jonathan Newsom, former six-round guy who went to the Colts, played in USFL, two-time champion. He got a strip sack. The ball was loose. I'm I, I did like a stunt. So I'm on the outside. I'm looking at the ball. One thing my coach would always say, Coach Dixon during the week of practice was city ball or country ball. If it was a city ball. That means a lot of people around it fall on the ball, put your legs up, make sure don't nobody get it out. If it was a country ball, that means it's out in the open, ain't nobody around, it's space, scoop and score. So I'm thinking like, oh, shit, this is my moment. I slide my feet with 
perfect stance, perfect form. I scoop it. I'm running. One old lineman trying to tackle me. Get off me. I keep running. One old lineman jumps on my back. Other old lineman gets in front of me trying to pull the ball out. I put my head down. I'm running. I'm high knee. Another old lineman just on his back. I got three Miami of Ohio players on my back. I'm still pushing and moving. My teammates now run over to the pile. They're pushing the pile forward. I carry this team for about 15 to 20 yards before I finally tripped over my feet. Crowd went crazy. My team went crazy. You can look it up on YouTube. One of my favorite moments in Ball State history, man, as a sophomore into the season. Hey, ask him that shit next week. That story will get better and better. It'll be like the fish who got away. The fish story. Hey, fish story. I got this hammerhead shark. The motherfucker was 25 foot. It cost me the... Uh. <laughs> hey, Jamie, next thing I was like, I, I scored the fucking touchdown. I still throw him the head coach in his fucking mouth. And the <laughs> hey, but no, Ethan, that is a true story. Up. Pull that play up, Ethan, if it's out there. Pull it up. It's a true story, <laughs> man. It's a true story, man. I'm telling you it is. Hey, I got I the picture. Film online. I played before the online movement. I wish I could have film online. You Google and shit. Man, it's on there. I got, I got some. I got highlights. I'm going to try to get it embedded into the computer. You got highlights for what? You? Yeah, me. Shit. It's probably what a couple plays on there. Crazy as hell. I got hey. like 40 minute highlights. Hey, hey, I do got a senior year highlight or junior year highlight tell you can pull up. You got a music because I got music in the background. I'm making plays though on that back. That was my last full year playing the ball state. That's how, young, that's how young you are. Type in that's Darnell Smith, ball state. You can see my highlight yeah. tape, man. That's how Let, let's move on. We got about 20 minutes. I gotta ask you this. Yeah. What's up with this? Do you believe the NFC South's really the best league in football? Hell no. Not even close. Come on, man. Hell yeah, hell no. The NFC South's the best league conference in the NFL right now, today. Today, right now, Wednesday. Hell no. Hell no. Today, Wednesday, on Tuesday, ask me on Thursday, ask me on a new day. Hell no. Don't let these first two weeks fool you, brother. They, these, some of these guys really, some of these guys ain't really played nobody that, that was really about anything. So many factors goes into this. They're not the best conference. The AFC West is better. AFC North is still better. Uh, um, they might be the third best, fourth best. I, I don't know where they at, but they're not number one. JB, don't let that two and zero record fool you. Hell no, hell no. Who's the best conference in football right now? Right now. Uh, you got to go with the NFC East. You got to go with the NFC East. You know, as much as I talk stuff about Daniel Jones, like he's solid. The Giants are a solid team. Week one was not the perfect example of who they are. I think this this last game was a more a better representation of who they are. Um, the Eagles, to me, is arguably the first or second best team in the total NFC. And then the Cowboys is, the I think, right now, the best team in the NFC. So you got to go with the NFC East right now today. Yeah. Um, would you would you disagree? I now you could now the NFC West. Now they got a good argument too. Now round, I, I mean, think you can't argue in the. I think the NFC West or East. I mean, who's lost? West. Who's lost in the East though? Just the Giants. One loss. Yeah. Uh, has what? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's two. I think because Washington's yeah. has Washington lost. No, Washington's two and zero. No, right. They've only lost one time. That's the Giants. Um, yeah. No, that's true. Uh-oh, hey. y'all. Hold on, y'all. Uh-oh. Hold on. Come here. 
Hand it to me, please. Hand it to me. <laughs> I got the problem for y'all in like two minutes. The chat gonna be so happy when y'all see see what what, uh, what I'm talking about. But JB, hold on real quick. Ethan, can you play my theme music real quick, Ethan? Can you play my theme music? Since JB want to talk crazy, we got something to show you real quick. Man, we ain't got time for no ball state fucking. Turn the music off. Turn the music off, Ethan. You got to mute it. You got to mute it. You got to mute it. Now, this ain't the play. This is just my highlight junior year. This is just my highlight. It's my highlight junior year, man. We make a play, CFLs. Look at that. Look at that boy on looking good. Nice tan. Breast cancer awareness, man. I got the pink on. Ah, ah. Read it. Read it. React. Read, react. Read, react. Here we go. Uh, hustle to the ball. Hey, good, the ball. good tracking the ball. Good tracking the ball. We're going to get copyrighted, by the way. It's on ESPN. Good tracking the ball right there. That was nice. I like the redirect. Uh, I got to coach you up. I got to get some film of you in the DV sport so we can show your film le legally. I got, I got, I got tapes of games still. Like. I'm going to coach you up on DV sport with the remote. I'm going to have the remote. I'm going to have you and I'm going to rewind it. I'm going to watch. We're going to watch you on film one day. You don't know how to coach D line though. Crazy as hell. I coach fucking any position on the goddamn football. You don't know how to coach D line, JB. Don't you know how to coach D line, JB. I'm trying to tell you. Hey. I want to dive into something with you real quick before the show ends. Let's dive. Pause. NFL coaches on the hot seat right now. Let's rank them. Ooh -wee. I mean, I know, I know who at the top, but like, you, you got you a list or what? What you thinking? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a. Let me see. Hold on. Yeah, I know right now. Let's start at the bottom. Let's start at number All right, ten. Start at the bottom. Let's start at number ten. Um. I'm just going to throw a name out there, and I want you to tell me, A, right now, is he or not? And then, B, at the end of the season, does he have a job? That's how, that's the criteria. So, I throw a name out. You, Smitty, is going to tell me right now, is he hot or not? You'll say yes or no. If you say no, I'm moving on. If you say yes, I'm going to ask you, do, does he have a job at the end of the season? Got you. Um, Mike McCarthy. Ooh, hot or not? Damn, that's kind of tough because I do feel like. So is he is he proving everybody wrong right now that he's a Super Bowl winning quarter uh, coach and that and that the offensive coordinator Kellen Moore may be the problem because the Chargers are zero two and they're two and zero and they sure look a lot better on offense. I feel like. I don't feel like he's hot. Like, I mean, you could argue he might be a little lukewarm, you know. Right, like, so is, he, is he the head coach of the Cowboys at the end of the year? Yes. Todd Bowles. Mm. Hot or not? They're looking good right now. 2 0. 2 0. Nah, he cool. He cold as hell. He chilling. All right, so at the end of the season, is Todd Bowles, when Baker Mayfield's movie shows up again as a rerun, is he back? Yes or no? I think he'll be back, man. I think the Bucks. I think. Listen, we don't. I don't love Baker, but he has a lot of talent around him. You know, the, the wide opposition with Godwin Evans. He has guys around him. I think they're going to be a solid team in, uh, all year long. All right, Dennis Allen, Saints head coach. Uh, right now, you know, they're they're in the mix. They're getting it done. You give me a lot of cold coaches right now, JB. You ain't giving me nobody hot right now. <laughs> Purpose. 
Hey, we're gonna get receipts, Smitty, and we're gonna go back through them with me. And I'm gonna, out, he's, he's freezing through. cold right now. Derek Carr over there, they winning games. I got the Saints Derek winning that Carr division. I got them winning that, that, that division. Hey, Derek Carr looks fucking atrocious. Hey, they right. winning games, baby. So Dennis Allen's gonna be the head coach of the Saints at the end of the year. Yes, he is. All right. Um, I'm not going to ask you about this one. Arthur Smith's going to be there. He's not hot or not. He's done a hell of a job there in Atlanta where that was bad football program. Um, all right, let's get into Josh McDaniels. Raiders, uh, they're one and one. He's on uh, fire right now. The block is hot. The block is hot. <sighs> he's done. He's done after this year. It's a wrap. He's gotten so chance he's after chance. He's hot now, meaning he's hot and he's not going to be there next year. So do you see him being fired during the season? Um, nah, I, I, I think they're going to just wait, like, till the end of the season. But, like, soon as the season's over and the Raiders are not in the playoffs, he's out of there. Like, the information going to come, like, pretty soon after the season's over. I think they're going to wait it out because they don't feel like the Raiders have dealt with a lot in the last few years. Players, coaches with the Gruden situation, all types of just noise. They got this stuff with champs. There's just so much noise going on. I don't think they want to deal with the – uh, additional noise of firing a coach in the middle of the season, bringing bringing up the interim. It's just a lot of noise. So they're going to wait till the season's over out of respect and then get them up out of there. Riverboat Ron Rivera. They got the what, commanders at 2-0. They're going to change the name back to the Redskins, maybe. Woo, I'd love to see it. I hope they, they do. Um, Is that for real? That, they're petitioning. The Indians want it back. See, they never wanted it gone. It was the it was the old fucking white girl. Um, <laughs> Ron, Ron Rivera, hot or not, right now, hot or not. Two and zero, two and zero. Yeah, I would have to say not right now, not right now. I would love to revisit this in a few weeks though, but I would say right now, I would say nah. I feel like he's in a solid because like what are the, what are the expectations for for Washington like? Realistically, you can't spend the win no damn Super Bowl or go no NFC Championship. I think the expectations would be. Fighting for a play for a wild card spot. And I think they will do that. They will fight for a wild card spot. All right. Kevin Stefanski. Oh, shit. That seat got hot. I think that motherfucker right now. He's like, oh, shit. That motherfucker <laughs> hopping out of the state, out of the seat right now after the after after Deshaun Watson's performance the other night. Um, his you know seat, hey, his seat might be too hot. Or not. Before you answer the hot or not, I got a lot of masculinity. Defensive vibes from Deshaun Watson. He, he, he face masked a guy two times, pushed the referee out the way. I hear he's made up a burner account on social media to defend himself. He's given me a lot of vibes that says, I've done what y'all think. And I'm a weirdo and I'm bad at football because I can't get over that. I can't get that out of my head. And that is what I said two years ago. He will never be the same, Smitty, because there's always going to be a new allegation. And he knows what he did. Only he, only he knows what he did. And I've been accused of eight felonies, Big Smitty. I am not saying I didn't do it or did it. I'm fighting it to save my name if I didn't do it. I'm going to yeah. defend my name and honor till the end. Not guilty. There ain't no. Let me pay you off and let me uh, let me do a plea deal. Hell no. Nah. Not guilty if I didn't do it. And he's showing you that 
something out there is out there. <laughs> and I'm going to be real. That is why I said he won't never be good. And that's why he's not good. It's a most overpaid contract ever. And he, a guy you just paid all that money to that's guaranteed, is going to get a good football coach, in my opinion, Kevin Stefanski fired. He's not only hot, he won't be there at the end of the season. They're probably trying to figure out how to get rid of Deshaun Watson as we speak. The worst deal in football history. Uh, 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 they're not getting rid of they're not. They're, they're stuck with Deshaun. <laughs> ain't, no, ain't no getting rid of that. It's guaranteed. It's, like, it's, it's like, a wrap. Russell, it's like Wilson and Denver, dog. Another bad one. It's fully uh, guaranteed. It's a wrap. They're not getting rid of Deshaun. Well, that's a wrap. So, so we'll that's see. the vibe I'm getting, though, Smitty. I don't know. He pushed the ref. He should have been ejected out of the game. I don't know why he wasn't. And then he, yeah. he face-masked the guy twice. Like, it's some weird shit. Um, Kevin Stefanski, hot or not right it's now? Hot. It's hot. Yeah. It's super hot. It's super hot. It's a ton of pressure on him, a ton of pressure on Deshaun. If they don't get it right, um, yeah, they're going to move on regardless. And he won, what, coach of the year two years ago? So this is a guy who is a good coach. But it's a what have you done for me lately uh, system. And if you're not winning games at the level that they feel like you, you should win, and after they spent all this damn money, you got all this talent, hey, man, it's what it is. So it's hot. All right, and and then I got another game I'm going to play after this last one, but. Bless you. You got that. Oh, the sneak right? game. Nah. Uh, you got that C-19. All right, what's up? Brandon Staley. I'm a, like, <laughs> I, don't know how, I don't know how he lit. I don't know how he's not. He's on fire up in yeah, here. It's burning he's hot. He's on fire. He was on fire last year, and they never cooled him off. He's like in a he's like an abandoned building when the firefighters never came by. It just been hot. It's been hot as hell. Been on fire for a year. It's a it, like this is it. This is it. If this man, if they don't, if the Chargers don't at least win a playoff game, it's a wrap. And he better hope they don't start off this season like with one in five or something weird like that because he'll be gone for the season's over. I tell you that. I tell you that much. All right, now let's play this game because this is I'm getting I'm getting uh getting going here. All right, let's do it. So out of the guys we named that you don't think are gonna be there. So Stefanski's out, yep. Staley's out, Daniels from uh Josh Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels is out. Those are the only three you said. Let me ask you one more name. If Mike Tomlin don't get it done, is he in the hot seat? It's so weird. Um, they got to make the playoffs, I think. He's not hot seat, though, but it, it, it'll be warm. It'll be warm. You know what I'm saying? Like, if they miss the playoffs, it'll be some, like, conversations behind the scenes. It'll be some thoughts. Like, to me, if it, if they miss the playoffs, they'll be he'll be hot next year. But he won't get fired, All right. though. All right. Now, let's take an assistant right now and put him in one of these spots 2024 mm. to to fill you want to basically replace these guys yeah and i'm gonna re, i'm gonna i'm gonna give you who they're gonna take i'm gonna tell you right now who i believe this is how it'll go and I, i'm gonna tell you how it'll go and i'm gonna tell you what i think they should do which they won't do because hires in the nfl are sexy hires they're not educated ones right 
Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator of Detroit, had opportunities this year. He turned them down to stay and build something special there. I think he's gone after this. He'll be a head coach somewhere. I can see the San or Los Angeles Chargers going right after another young guy, but this time on offense because of the money they paid Justin Herbert. So this is JB's fastest two minutes coaching takes, sponsored by Slapdick Scars. Um, right. Staley is gone. I believe Ben Johnson is a replacement. He is a sexy hire because he's what is going on with Jared Goff, the Detroit Lions offense last year being top three in the league. Now they are going to get rid of Staley, go on and get a sexy hire to save um, Herbert. The issue is Kellen Moore will have to go. Kellen Moore will be a one-year deal, and they're going to say now, especially as McCarthy gets better with the Cowboys, that Kellen Moore is a problem. He may end up being blackballed in this whole thing because they're going to hire Ben Johnson. He will not have an offensive guy on the staff. He's going to run the offense, and Kellen Moore is gone. So Kellen Moore will go to college and coach, or he'll be a quarterback coach somewhere in the league. Now, that's my take number one. What the Chargers should do is totally different. Coach AB's take purposes for this take is they need to go after the MCDC of sorts. And that guy, by the way, if you don't know, is there's only one of those MCDC guys out there, and that guy's name's Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn, the defensive coordinator for the Cowboys, is the best available hire because he's been a head coach. He's been to a Super Bowl. He understands how to build a program. He probably learned from losing the Super Bowl, and he's one of the best defensive coaches in football. Plus, he has a great, 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 great group of talent around him right now, obviously, but we've seen that he's done it, and he's understand he understands the possibility of getting back in that seat. That's who the Chargers should go after, but they'll probably go after the – the sexy hire. Okay. Mm, I like that. All right. so, 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 so with that then, so if they were to hire Dan Quinn as the head coach, would you want to keep Kellen Moore to handle the offense then in, in that scenario? No, no. He's, he's showing that who he is. He's not very oh. good. He's not very good. I've been saying this for a long time. He's not very good, bro. The offense um, ain't been ain't been the problem, though, for the most part, though. I mean, late game. You know. who you know. And that guy knows somebody. I mean, this guy was a nobody. He was at Boise State. He fucking played quarterback. I remember him since he was younger. I mean, the guy, I, I always wondered, like, how who fuck how did he get into this? Uh, it, it is what that's a whole. I mean, story. the Cowboys uh, had the number one offense last year, though. So I mean, you can't just say he, he's just trash, though. Like you might, I mean, like facts are number one during the regular season. Number one offense in the playoffs is a different story. And well, I get that, but there's a lot of factors that go into that. That's out of the hands of the offensive coordinator. At the end of the day, a quarterback got to perform. My guy Peggy Manning, who I love, did not perform the same way in the playoffs that he did in the regular season. You can blame the offensive coordinator, but sometimes the players got to play. But I'm saying, if you devise the number one offense in the league and you're the offensive coordinator, I got to give you some credit. We started this show giving Airbnb credit because how many points that the, the Washington team is scoring and the lack thereof that the Chiefs are scoring since he's left. We can't, we can't do that. And then on the flip side, can't give Kellen Moore credit when he had the number one offense in the NFL. And the offense this year with the Chargers, we, we read the stat. They been, they scored 58 points with no turnovers. So now late game, they got to play a little better. I'll give you that. But it's, it's, it's the defense I can't stop. All late games. You got Justin Herbert, bro. <laughs> you got Eckler, bro. You got two wideouts like fucking Mike Williams and goddamn Allen. You better score 58. But at some points, the players got to perform. You know that. You can call. You can, right, 
We got three oh, minutes. Let's go to a conversation. Let me go. That's a whole other battle. Yeah. Brian Johnson, Eagles OC, good friend of mine, known him a long time. Um, West Coast guy as well. He he's a guy that's going to be available too. And especially if the Eagles do well, the Eagles do well, they go far. He'll be another coordinator that somebody in the league will try to pluck. Um it's a quarterback-driven league. He's a quarterback guy. He's got Jalen Hurts on him right now. If Jalen Hurts excels this year, he's going to have a great little resume now, and he'll get another opportunity. Brian Johnson will be in the mix of some job. Now, what yeah. job that is, we don't know. We're going to see. We're going to see. There's a lot of new head coaches in the league right now this year. There's going to be more next year available, but what jobs come open next year is going to be very critical. Um NFC West-wise, unless, unless McVay retires, that, that league pretty much is solidified, right? You got a new coach in Arizona. You got Pete Carroll unless he retires. Uh, other than that, you know, Shanahan ain't going nowhere, obviously. And, uh, and then you just hire the guy in Arizona. So NFC East-wise, uh, you ain't going nowhere. Unless McCarthy takes a shit and the, and the, and the Cowboys just, just, just bust, um, he's not going nowhere. Um, and then the Eagles ain't going nowhere. And Riverboat Ron is the only one that you think could be on the hot seat or not. It depends on how they finish out. Yeah. Um, so does he go there? Doubt it. Um, especially, I doubt they let him go from being an office coordinator for the Eagles and going to be the head coach for the Washington Redskins. But it could happen. Um, so where does he go? The NFC South solidified unless – Vrabel goes in the AFC South. Uh, yeah, the AFC South, unless Vrabel goes, they're pretty much solidified. New coach in Houston. Jacksonville's solidified. Um, Colts, brand new. So the only job opening would be if Vrabel leaves. I don't see that unless they just fall off. Um, NFC South, we just talked about. Tampa Bay is the only one I, I could see. Carolina's new. Atlanta's Arthur Smith is new. And and you got uh, the Bucks would be the only issue that I see moving on if he. Thanks, dude. You said the same with Dennis Smith, right? Dennis Allen, yeah. Dennis Allen, I'm sorry, uh, excuse me. Yeah. So yeah, maybe, but they they don't play a quarterback for a long time. Yeah. Like the Saints don't play a legitimate quarterback till week 14. They got a legitimate chance to win fucking 10 football games. It's gonna be crazy. Why didn't you say that? Yeah, we made our picks in the, in the uh, preseason. I think I think we both didn't consider that because like. They they have a chance to like really win that division and be good. So we and let me ask you this: Is there going to be another discussion about Eric Bieniemy? So is Eric Bieniemy going to get a shot at being a head coach if this team does some good things? And and then there's 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 Ruben Flores out there. There's Raheem Morris out there. There's some other coaches out there. It's going to be interesting, man. At the end of this year, because. If they're like a top five offense or something like that, and they make the playoffs, and they like, yeah, he might have a chance. You got Cleveland. You got. I, I hate to say Steelers. I, Tomlin, I just think is unfireable. But I mean, it, it's going to be interesting. I don't know. And I'm going to be honest though, a guy that nobody's talking about, Sean McDermott in Buffalo. If he takes a shit, I would be surprised if he's not in the hot seat. Yeah. 
He's definitely warm, and it's really because of expectations. He's done a pretty good job overall, well, all things considered. It's because you shitted on yourself against the Chiefs, and you should have been in a Super Bowl, at least had an opportunity to play in one Super Bowl by now, and now they're seeing digression in the quarterback, so now the optical lens is even bigger on Sean McDermott. And I, but you know, really, I don't know if he's seen digression. I feel like this is Josh Allen. You know what I'm saying? Like, Josh Allen, every year – he has a couple games where he just does some stupid stuff and makes bad decisions. And he has other games where he balls the hell out. And that's what we've seen. Game one, he looked horrible, bad decision-making. Game two, a few bad decisions, but overall had a hell of a game, balled out. So I just think that's what Josh Allen is. And if you're going to coach him, you got to understand that comes with the territory. He, he He's a football player, not just a quarterback. So he, no matter how many times you tell him to slide and fall and do all this, he's, gonna, he's out there having fun and he's going to be a football player. He's going to try to hurdle you. He's going to... He's gonna run. He's gonna take hits. He's gonna lower his shoulder. That's just what Josh Downs gonna do. And you gotta, we gotta just deal with it. Is what it is. So, I think he's on the hot seat though because of the expectations of the team, not because he's a bad coach. Because my question is, okay, he leaves. What better coach are you going to replace him with? Like, who, who, who's who's a guaranteed lock to replace Sean McDermott? I don't know. The thing you is, know? you guys say this all the time, but at the same time, this results oriented dog. They don't care. Yeah. They don't right. care. They're going to go hire somebody. They don't care. How many first-time head coaches? Look at the guy that's in fucking Minnesota right now. Look at the guy that's in Philadelphia or in Arizona right now. They're going to take a guy. They're going to be like, oh, fuck it. This guy didn't get it done. So try something else out. Yeah. That's mean, a good point, man. But uh, we had a loaded show today, JV, man. You know, the crowd was yeah. in here showing us love, man. I see the ladies actually jumped in after we called them out. It was all fellas, but then I seen Chris jumped in. I think Lucy was in here for a hot second, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, the ladies did hop in late. They, they didn't tell us what they thought about you with your glasses. So, uh-oh, oh, shoot, uh-oh. <laughs> Pound that like button, y'all, man. Subscribe, become a member. Um, tomorrow was what, T-Rich Thursdays, man. We got Thursday Night Football tomorrow. We're going to talk about that. And, uh... Man, been another hell of a show, man. Brought 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 in Lloyd. We got lawyers, players. We bring you short, fast, skinny, and tall. We bring them all, and uh, it's been another good show, man. I'm up. Let me show y'all something for, real quick before, before we leave. Look what I got! Look what I got! Look what I got! <laughs> She's back. Thank you, baby. Mwah. Yes, sir. It's going to be a good day, y'all. Enjoy y'all days. My day off in the weight room. Haven't I been the number one guy that said Herbert got a win and he's overrated? Yeah. I, I'm trying to figure out why Eddie Manyweather is saying what he's saying. Like, is this guy just like to hear himself talk on a goddamn Boost mobile phone? I mean, is this guy that fucking thirsty? Eddie Manyweather, are you that thirsty? Last year, you know what? I've, I've been trying to be cool with Eddie. I got DMs from Eddie. Sucking my dick. Ah, JB. Apologizing. Apologizing to me that he was wrong and I was right when Dak Prescott blew dick in the playoffs last year. Didn't I? Where's that at, Eddie? Hey, Ethan, cut the last part of this show out and we'll be moving on. This is the real coach, JB. Big Smitty. I'm going to show Eddie DMs tomorrow on the show to start the show off. I'm showing Eddie Manyweather's fucking DMs tomorrow to shut his ass up. And, uh, Eddie, this year you're not going to get the opportunity because I'm going to block your dumb ass. 
The real coach JB and Big Smitty pound the like. We'll see you tomorrow. Peace. We switched it and filled the gap. Smitty and Jason Brown, we killed it. Yeah, it's a wrap. We won the games we missed, and we switched it and filled the gap. You are now tuned in.